This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. At Darlington Raceway, awaiting the start of the Trans-South 500, we'll take a look at the starting lineup. Going 36th, rookie contenders fill that 18th row, Ronnie Hopkins Jr. of Greenville, South Carolina, the Food Country USA Chevrolet, and Sterling Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, the HESCO Exhaust Systems Chevrolet. 34th is Travis Tiller of Coburn, Virginia, the Morgan McClure Chevy Buick, and 33rd, Ronnie Thomas of Christianburg, Virginia, the Advance Auto Parts Pontiac. 32nd, Dick May of Watertown, New York, will start the Baxter Price Racing Buick next to Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama, in the Broadway Motors Pontiac. Going 30th, J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina, the McDuffie Racing Pontiac. And 29th, Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina, in the Cecil Gordon car, the Lynch's Auto Sales Chrysler. 28th starter is D.K. Ulrich, originally from Woodbury, New Jersey. That's the Ulrich Racing Buick. He'll share the 14th row with Buddy Arrington of Martinsville, Virginia, in the Arrington Racing Dodge. 26th, Tommy Gale of Elizabeth, Pennsylvania, the Sunny King Ford Honda Ford. In 25th, Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin, the Hudson Chevrolet. 24th starter, Slick Johnson from nearby Florence, South Carolina, the Satterfield Racing Buick. And 23rd, Bobby Wawak of Midland, Ohio, the Bridge Tender Inn Buick. 22nd starter, Kyle Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, in the 7-Eleven Stores Pontiac. And 21st, driving for the Wood Brothers, Buddy Baker of Charlotte, North Carolina, in the Valvoline Ford. In 20th position this afternoon is Dick Brooks of Porterville, California, in the Sonny King-sponsored Ford. Starting 19th is Benny Parsons, LB North Carolina. He starts the Skull Buick. Richard Petty is right in the middle of the field, starting from 18th position on the grid. Petty, Randleman, North Carolina, is in the STP Pontiac. Dale Earnhardt goes 17th from Kannapolis, North Carolina, in the Wrangler Ford of Bud Moore. 16th starter is David Pearson of Spartanburg, South Carolina, in the Chattanooga Chew Racing Chevrolet. Right beside of Pearson in the 15th position is Jody Ridley of Chatsworth, Georgia, in the Cumberland Mills Racing Buick. Then it's Cale Yarborough, 14th from Timmonsville, South Carolina, in the Hardy Chevrolet. Neil Bonnet starts 13th from Hueytown, Alabama, in the Warner Hodgson Chevrolet. And then Bill Elliott goes from 12th position from Dawsonville, Georgia, in the Melling Oil Pumps Ford. 11th qualifier, Fitchburg, Massachusetts driver Ron Bouchard in the Race Hill Farms Buick. 10th is Mark Martin of North Liberty, Indiana, the ACM Equipment Sales Buick. That's the Stacy car. 9th is Bobby Allison of Hueytown, Alabama, the Miller High Life Beer Buick. 8th is Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia, the Piedmont Airlines Chevrolet of Richard Childress. Going 7th in Billy Hagan's Budweiser Chevrolet, Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas. And the first six drivers all broke the track record in qualifying. Sixth will be Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi, Oss Ellington's Uno Chevrolet. Going fifth, Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina. Harry's in the Skull Bandit Buick. Fourth starter is Joe Rutman from Upland, California, the Levi Garrett Racing Buick. Jeff Bodine goes from third position in the field from Chemung, New York, in the Gatorade Pontiac. Outside pole, Darrell Walter, Franklin, Tennessee, the Pepsi Challenger Chevrolet of Junior Johnson and that race team. And on the pole, not really a big surprise because he had been flying in practice all week, young Tim Richmond from Ashland, Ohio, who now lives up on Lake Norman, North Carolina. He's in the old Milwaukee Pontiac with almost two miles an hour over the old track record held by Manny Parsons since 1980. 157.818. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy Ford tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. The NASCAR season is here and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? 
clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. At the Darlington International Raceway, the field has a take one, meaning they'll get the green next time by. And the drivers cinch those seatbelts up a little bit tighter and get ready to get at it on one of the toughest racetracks in the nation. As many of the drivers say, they don't run 190 miles an hour here, but there's only one Darlington, and they really want to win this one. As the field works off turn number two and down the back straightaway, they'll cut them loose this time by. It's Tim Richmond inside Darrell Waltrip on the front row. Jeff Bodine inside of Joe Rutman on row number two. Harry Gant and Lake Speed sharing row three as the field comes off turn two and heads the backstretch. Terry Labonte and Ricky Rudd make up row four. And row five, Bobby Allison on the inside. Mark Martin on the outside. The crowd is on its feet in anticipation. The electricity running through here right now with all the tradition is running very high field up in the turn three and four area that is one of the most critical parts of this racetrack as the Pontiac Trans Am safety car brings them into the corner should make a hard left turn this time onto pit road and we're about set to go racing in the Trans South 500 as they come down to the line young Tim Richmond very limited experience in NASCAR Winston Cup racing Waltrip on the outside here we go green flag and the Trans South 500 is underway they haul it down into turn number one door to door then Richmond squeezes out front Tim Richmond says I'm gone out of this traffic jam Leaves Waltrip in second. Moving into third is Jeff Bodine. Joe Rutman is up to fourth. Gant is fifth. Lake Speed is sixth. Labonte seventh. And Ricky Rudd eighth. They come down on airplane formation. And Tim Richmond's in trouble. His car, the engine completely lets go. And quite a bit of oil. Now cars spinning on the back straightaway. It's Dale Earnhardt, Benny Parsons also involved. And that was Neil Bonnet in one car with the smoke still blowing around the raceway after the blown engine. We can't see who it was. But four or five cars involved. It was Dave Marcus. As also we have a blown engine on the start here at Darlington Raceway. Tim Richmond has the engine let go on the first lap under green over in turn number three. And quite a few cars got a piece of the action as we see some damaged machines limping onto pit road. Mike Joy. Terry Labonte's car is stalled down at the track apron between turns three and four. After Richmond's engine let go, Labonte collided with him midway up in the corner and came to rest. Earnhardt scooted around the bottom of the racetrack after being tagged by two cars in that melee and Benny Parsons was also involved. Benny started back in 19th spot where the field kind of jumbled together getting in turn three in the oil. Make that 10 cars involved. Let's add Dave Marcus's name to the list. He's got rear end damage on the back of his Hudson Chevrolet. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
It will be a single file restart as Harold Kinder waves the green. Walker wastes no time in pulling the field into the number one turn. Single file, Jeff Bodine second. Richard Petty further back makes a move inside of Cale Yarborough to pick up 10th spot back to the point. It's Walchip, then Bodine, Rutman, Harry Gant, Ricky Rudd, Mark Martin, and Ron Bouchard. Single file, they file down this back shoot in thunder for turn number three, led by the Pepsi challenger of Darrell Walter Bodine now tucks up in behind him. Butman tight behind Bodine. Those three cars start to pull away. But we might see a little conservative racing, Mike, until the field sorts itself out due to what happened here just a few moments ago. Well, that goes out the window. Here goes Bodine. He's going after the lead in turn one. And he's got it as he sweeps underneath Darrell Walter to take over the top spot. Walter holding on to second spot. Joe Rutman is there in third. Rutman had an idea, but he'll hold single file with Gant going fourth. Ricky Rudd going fifth, and they're on the back stretch. An eight-car Breakaway right now behind Ricky Rudd is Mark Martin and Ron Bouchard as now Bodine moves out to a three-car length lead as they come slamming off that 22-degree breaking and head for the front chute. This sort of looks like Atlanta again. Bodine goes to the front quickly and starts to pull away. Here's Rutman looking inside of Waltrip for the second spot. Mark Martin had a shot inside, thought better of it. Rutman will kick Waltrip out of the groove and take second. Trouble out of turn number four. A blown engine looks to be on Ronnie Hopkins' car, the young rookie driver. That would be the Food Country USA-sponsored machine, and it is Ronnie Hopkins. Hopkins with a lot of smoke out of the car and caution is on the speedway for the second time. He gets it down on the apron of the track. No problems for the rest of the field. And it looks like it might be a yellow afternoon here at the Darlington International Raceway. Second caution flag of the day. Well, we've had, what, three laps of green flag racing thus far. Darrell Waltrip led the first 15 and 14 of those were under caution. Jeff Bodine has now put his Gatorade Pontiac in the front of the field ahead of the Levi Garrett Buick for Joe Rutman, the Pepsi Challenger Chevrolet for Darrell Waltrip, and the Skull Bandit Buick for Harry Gant, ahead of the Piedmont Airlines Chevrolet. That's Ricky Rudd in the fifth spot. Mark Martin is sixth. Ron Bouchard is seventh. Bobby Allison is eighth. Now, Allison did a neat piece of driving on that first caution flag. He went all the way down to the grass down on the apron to get around spinning race cars and was able to do it and come back up on the racetrack without losing a position. He sits in the eighth spot. As the field circulates, 17 laps are completed, and as we say, only three of them have been under green. I guess, Barney, this track is really living up to its reputation today. Well, Darlington will reach out and get you. Bobby Allison told me the other day in an interview here that he felt like sometimes they'd reach out and get you in your sleep. That's kind of the way they feel about this particular speedway, and they've sure had problems in the early going right now. 17 laps into the event, and already two caution flags this afternoon. Four of the drivers have gone to the garage. Benny Parsons, Terry Labonte, pole sitter Tim Richmond, and Dave Marcus out of the competition. And again, we are under caution as they come down here at the Darlington track. If you come to this raceway for, uh, for the first time, it'll fool you because it looks about seven lanes wide from the wall down to the pit rail. But only two of those are racing lanes. And I asked Richard Petty yesterday, that fact makes the track look very narrow. The fact that there, it's seven lanes wide, but only two lanes uh, are paved and sealed for racing. Is it an optical illusion? Really that narrow. Uh, see what happened when they first built the racetrack, they had a, like the groove we run now is maybe three or four times wider than what it used to be. And they just had one, one groove deal up on each corner, and that really wasn't made to run on the racetrack. The racetrack was designed to run on the flat where we don't run now. The apron was really designed as a racetrack, and then after they run first year or the second year, some of them got to running fast, couldn't stick down at the bottom, and they found out they could run faster at the top. So then it got to be a one-groove racetrack. And then, I don't know, some years after that, they went down in the first corner and made it a little bit wider, and it's the same width as it's always been. And then in, uh, I don't know, 68, 69, they came back and, and redid the uh, three and four corner. And uh, so the track's been worked on, you know, a lot of different times, but uh, they still did it within the out 
the confines of the outside guardrail, so uh, it's still the same kind of track. We're ready to try it again here at Darlington, South Carolina. The green flag waves, and we'll go back to full bore racing. Jeff Bonian is the leader, riding right behind him now is the Levi Garrett car of Joe Rutman as they hustle in the number one turn. Darrell Waltrip holds down third. The only man who made a quick move was Richard Petty, who grabs a spot away from David Pearson. Off turn number two, still single file. It's Bodine, Rutman, Waltrip, Gant, Rudd, Martin, Bouchard, and Allison. Also now tucked in behind Allison is Richard Petty. Nine cars running in that lead draft. Rutman with the lead now. He starts to pull away slightly from Jeff Bodine as again they work the banking and head for the front straightaway. Ten cars up in that lead pack nose to tail. Single file. They come out of the corner. You see some passing in this front straightaway that'll take your breath. But this time they're content to run single file as Rutman takes him back in the corner and over to turn two. Bobby Allison had an idea trying to make a move inside of Ron Bouchard for seventh and eighth position. He held back, and they'll hold single file off the number two corner, still chasing down Darrell Waltrip for at least Rutman on the back stretch. A couple of veterans hooked together that know their way around this racetrack. David Pearson and Cale Yarborough trying to chase down Richard Petty. Petty holding down that number 10 position, and they're gradually closing in on him. Rutman again brings him out of the corner. He has opened up a little daylight right now, about an eight or ten car separation over Jeff Bo Nine and Darrell Walker, who rides second and third. Harry Gant is the fourth position car. They're back in one and two. Behind Harry Gant is Ricky Rudd in fifth. Mark Martin is sixth. Ron Bouchard seventh. Eighth is Bobby Allison. Richard Petty is ninth. Some tire smoke from Bouchard as they come off turn two and head down the backstretch. Two groups of four cars up in front, separated by about ten car lengths, is Joe Rutman, the Levi Garrett car, starting to pull away even more from the Gatorade car of Jeff Bodine. Then will come Darrell Waltrip and Harry Gant. Four cars tied together come down the front straightaway. Rutman, Bodine, Waltrip, and Harry Gant. Then Ricky Rudd leads a pack of what is now seven cars. Make that six, seven cars as they go to turn one. Rudd is fifth. Martin is sixth. Ron Bouchard is seventh. Eighth is going to be off turn number two for Bobby Allison. Ninth, Richard Petty. Then David Pearson being challenged by Yarborough on the backstretch. Joe Walter tried to get inside Jeff Bodine as they enter turn number three, but he pulled back on the range. Bodine's car smoking heavily coming off turn two. He continues to ride behind Rutman. All three of the Ford products that had a good shot to win here this afternoon had a little problem in that early going. Bill Elliott, Dale Earnhardt right now as Earnhardt comes to the bottom of the racetrack and apparently whatever adjustments they made on that car, they've got him honking pretty good. He's beginning to knock off a few positions as he works his way across the start-finish line and back into turn number one. Buddy Baker's also in that pack of cars. Some damage on his machine as he heads over to the number two turn. Lake Speed's involved there as he goes around. Tommy Gale, Lake Speed does. Buddy Baker got held up for the moment. They come off turn number two. Those cars, everybody just peeling off that tire smoke as they make a hard turn off number two corner. Front runners come back to the turn. Corner number one, and it's still Rutman up there. Last year, he drove a tremendous race here at South Carolina at this facility. He impressed an awful lot of folks. Right now, he's holding off some of the best in the business down the back straightaway as he moves to Mark Garrow in turn three. Again, tire smoke as they come off turn number two as now Bodine looks to the inside of Joe Rutman. Their door handle, the door handle, and Bodine squeezes in now, tucks it up, riding very high to the wall. Rutman tried to come back on the inside, but Bodine had too much. He's the leader again. While Bodine had Rutman pinned up against the outside, Walter tried to sneak underneath but ran out of racing room. Here's Bouchard with a look under Mark Martin down the front straightaway. That'll be for the sixth spot. Single file back to turn one. They hold on right there. Mark Martin and Ron Bouchard do again in the turns. They're holding single file off the corner. It's still Bodine, Rutman, Walter, Harry Gant, then Rudd, Martin, and Bouchard. 
Cale Yarborough starting to close in now on the back deck of Richard Petty, and Petty closing in on Bobby Allison. So the veterans starting to make their way to the front of the pack as Jeff Bodine takes him off the 22-degree banking. And one card that is really flying right now, Barney Hall, is Neil Bonnet, who was involved in that little altercation over there. He's caught Dick Brooks and has moved around him. He's gaining on the leaders and doing that coming through the traffic. Neil Bonnet right now has a little daylight between himself and the front runners as he comes down into the number one corner, begins to pull away from Brooks. The leader is still Jeff Bodine. He is due to win a race. He has driven his heart out in a, uh, every race we've been in this year. At Rockingham, North Carolina, it looked like he had that one in the bag, had some problems up there. The car got into the wall. At Atlanta, the car was simply flying, pulling away from the field, and they had a mechanical malfunction down there. This young driver has really come into his own, and right now he's holding off Joe Rutman, Darrell Waltrip, and Harry Gant, single file. They're back in one. As they work through turn number one, they'll come up on a slow car. That's Dick May. He's going to bring his car on the apron out of harm's way. Your leaders are off the corner. Waltrip looked inside of Rutman for second, but he settles back single file. They are in freight train styles ahead for turn number three. Harry Gant and the Skull Bandit Buick starting to lose contact now with the top three cars. It's about a car length separate them, and then we go three car lengths back to the fourth place car of Gant. Here's Bodine out of the number four corner, brings it back down the front straightaway. We haven't seen all that much passing here this afternoon by some Miracle at Darlington. They'll go three wide sometimes and then just zip back in single file as they hit the corner. The amazing thing off number two corner, Barney, the folks are getting a great show. They are virtually side by side and I mean touching closer than you'd see at most any other speedway as they squeeze up against the outside retaining wall. Guys like Lake Speed and and Bill Elliott were putting on great shows for the last number of laps, and these guys know just how far they can lean on one another. Bodine, who took the lead a moment ago, made his move going into turn number three. Dale Earnhardt told us yesterday, if you do any passing going into three, you better have it lined up. You do, you know, you don't think, well, you, you'll see many people passing like that, but, you know, it's like last, the last race down here last year, Kale and Richard was side by side all the way around the racetrack. You, you wonder how they made it, but... You know, you can race on it, but it takes two good drivers to do it because it's so narrow and so critical getting in the corner over here and going in three. And, you know, you just got to be real sharp to do it. Barney, Robbie, Ronnie Hopkins' problem was apparently not a blown engine. That car has come back onto the racetrack. The smoke looks to be coming from the rear end. He made one lap, and now Hopkins has gone back to pit road. And Buddy. now Buddy Baker brings the Valvoline Wood Brothers forward behind the pit wall, and apparently out of it, it looks like there's some oil on the back of that car, so perhaps he has engine problems. Jerry Punch will be on top of that in a moment. Your leaders on the backstretch, Bodine, Rutman, Walchip, pulling away from Harry Gant. Three cars and three drivers that have had a whole lot of wins here at Darlington tucked up together in the back of the pack. Cale Yarborough, Richard Petty, and Bobby Allison. And now Yarborough sneaks by Petty as he continues his move up in the top ten. Cale Yarborough, who sometimes is a slow starter, but once he gets it dialed in, kind of gets things cranked into his liking, he starts moving to the front. He's picking them off one by one. He and Richard Petty draft along right now, head back into the number one corner. The leader is Bodine, just going out of two. And before long, there'll be race traffic to contend with as Ronnie Thomas and J.D. McDuffie are ahead of the leaders. Jeff Bodine now leading Ruppin by just a car length. They'll be working Working on that slower traffic in just a second, they split the turn up in turns three, riding up high, up close to the concrete barrier, and now they'll work on those lap cars down the front chute. 26 cars on the lead lap, and already six cars are in the garage area here at Darlington. Field comes past, works into the number one corner, about to put a lap on J.D. McDuffie. Bodine looks to the outside of McDuffie to put him a lap down. So Jeff Bodine now going to the high side of McDuffie. Ruckman and Waltrip are side by side. Waltrip got sandwiched in behind McDuffie in a bit for second place. 
Those top three cars now, nothing really separates them. There's no daylight as they're hooked nose to tail up in turns three and four. It's Jeff Bodine, Joe Rutman, and the Pepsi challenger of Dale Waltrip. At 33 laps, Bodine the leader. Rutman in second, Waltrip is third, fourth is Harry Gant. In fifth is the Ricky Rudd automobile. Sixth is Mark Martin, seventh to Ron Bouchard. Eighth was Bobby Allison at 30 laps. Ninth was Richard Petty. Tenth, Cale Yarborough. Eleventh to David Pearson. Twelfth to Neil Bonnet. Thirteenth was Dick Brooks. 14th to Jody Ridley and 15th Dale Earnhardt. Back in the 16th spot at 30 laps, Kyle Petty. 17th was Bill Elliott. 18th was Jimmy Means. 19th Buddy Baker. 20th Bobby Walwack. 21st was Tommy Gale. 22nd rookie Sterling Marlin. 23rd was Buddy Arrington. 24th DK Ulrich. 25th Ronnie Thomas. And those are the cars in the lead lap. One lap back is J.D. McDuffie, Lake Speed, Slick Johnson, and Cecil Gordon. Two of the quickest cars on the speedway here at Darlington this afternoon are Dale Earnhardt and Neil Bonnet. Both have been chasing down leader Jeff Bodine, but Bodine is pulling away from the second, third, fourth, and fifth place cars by a pretty healthy margin of almost a second right now. Rutman rides at the number two spot as they head back to turn one. Bodine took advantage of other cars getting caught behind slower traffic. They had trouble getting around Tommy Gale a few laps ago. Bodine put about three or four car lanes up at that point, and he hasn't been headed since. Good battle. Harry Gant is now right there hounding on Waltrip for third and fourth. Gant had an idea about looking to the inside, but didn't have enough time as they straighten up. Nose the tail and turns three and four. Waltrip still holding on to that number three spot. It's Bodine exit turn four. Field strings out a bit. Buddy Baker has gone to the garage in the Wood Brothers car, as we said a moment ago, for an update on what put him out and what's going on there. Let's go to Jerry Punch. Well, Barney, we mentioned that on the first lap when Baker was involved in that crash, and he peeled the front grill away from the car, leaving the whole front of the car open. Just the hood and the bumper were in the front of the car. And the Woods Brothers crew tell me that there was so much air getting in the front of that Valvoline Ford, it was lifting the front end off the racetrack, and Baker just couldn't drive it. Ronnie Thomas, a lot of smoke out of his car. He gets it down on the apron of the track, and it looks like he might have lost an engine. Something went awry in the car. Smoke trailing from it. He's on the apron of the track, and he'll be heading to the pits in the back straightaway. We'll see if he gets back onto the speedway. Talk about tough luck and hard luck. I don't think there's anybody in the world that wants to be a race driver of the first caliber as bad as Ronnie Thomas does. Well, he's mortgaged his soul for it this year, Ned. They built a brand-new facility up in Christiansburg to build the race cars. He secured some sponsorship, but... Uh, he's really out on a limb as far as trying to put this race car together and impress somebody with the fact that he can drive one and hope to get a good ride. 42 laps in the record book here at Darlington. Jeff Bodine out in front. Joe Rutman riding in the second spot. Darrell Waltrip sitting in third, and Waltrip keeps sniffing around for the lead. He is now just ahead of Harry Gant as Bodine and Rutman have begun to slip away just a bit down in turn two. Those two cars have pulled away very comfortably. It's almost equal distance from Bodine, about 25 car lanes to Rutman, then 25 further back to Waltrip. He has a man running his tail as Harry Gannon fourth. Mike Martin is going fifth. Bobby Allison sixth. Bouchard seventh. Rudd is eighth. Yarborough nine. And Richard Petty ten. Some tire smoke off of Richard Petty's car as they came off at turn number two. He's pulled up to the rear deck of Cal Yarborough. Yarborough pressure and now Ricky Rudd for that number eight position. We've completed 44 of the 367 laps that will make up the Trans-South 500 here at Darlington, South Carolina this afternoon. It has turned out to be one of the most beautiful days of the spring, young spring season that we've seen after two days of rain. The sunshine, everybody had a big smile on their face this morning. It is just perfect racing conditions here at Darlington this afternoon, and the fans are seeing a dandy. Jeff Bodine continues to stretch his lead over Joe Rutman. Bodine has gotten so much smoother in the last few races, Ned Jarrett. I think all the drivers have really been concerned that he is due to win a race, and he's the man to beat all 
almost anymore. Well, certainly he's always uh, very competitive now, Barney. That car runs extremely fast. He has as much horsepower perhaps packed under the hood of that Gatorade Pontiac as any car out here. The boys from BNR Motors in Winston-Salem build that engine, and they have really come alive here in the last couple of years in packing horsepower in. Take that with Daryl Bryant's ability to set the car up and Jeff Bodine's ability to drive, and it makes a tough combination. And he came to Darlington loaded with enthusiasm because he really got his break here a year ago yesterday when he won the sportsman race on Saturday, and that sort of opened the eyes of Daryl Bryan and Cliff Stewart, who owns that car, to give him the opportunity to get in that car, and it's been a good marriage so far. Well, nobody's been able to take the lead away since he took it over about 25 laps ago. Bodine scoots down the backstretch, heads up to turn three. Well, right now, the top four cars have really broken away from the rest of the pack, almost a full back straightaway back to the number five car of Mark Martin, as Bodine now continues to move away from the number two car of Joe Rutman, while Darrell Waltrip and Harry Ganner still tucked in together. The battle on the racetrack right now, Cale Yarborough just sneaks a peek underneath and takes a spot away from Ricky Rudd as they come around toward the start-finish line. That'll be back at about seventh position. The Yarborough is on the way toward the front. Cale Yarborough beginning to ramble. He is one of the toughest drivers on the circuit and probably the second winningest driver here at Darlington, South Carolina, ahead of David Pearson. His car working flawlessly here this afternoon. He is tickled to death with that ride in the Hardy's machine and Waddell Wilson and the team that he has joined this year running a limited schedule. But once he comes to the racetrack, he's not at all 30 races, but when he's here, he certainly is the man to beat. His car sticking at the bottom of the speedway in one and two, getting a good line through three and four. Yarborough right now, one of the fastest cars on the racetrack. If you joined our broadcast late and you're a Ford fan, they had such high hopes to win here today, but Buddy Baker has gone behind the wall. Dale Earnhardt had a little problem in the early going when the first caution came out, but he's back out there right now in one of the fastest cars on the speedway. Bill Elliott still not up to racing speed. They had a lot of front-end damage on that car. Funny, Barney, that all three of those competitive Fords were involved in that incident. Other cars involved that went to the garage area were Dave Marcus, Benny Parsons, Terry Labonte, and Tim Richmond, whose blown engine triggered that crash. Also out, Ronnie Hopkins has been in and out of the back pit with rear-end problems. Looks like he may not return today. Dick May and Ronnie Hopkins have completed repairs, so they are back into the Trans-South 500. That leaves six cars in the garage area, with Jeff Bodine leading Joe Rutman, Darrell Waltrip, Harry Gant, and Mark Martin. 62 laps complete here right now. Jeff Bodine is in command and a healthy margin right now. He stretched it to better than four seconds as he works his way over to turn number four. As he comes off the corner, Joe Rutman and Darrell Waltrip are right in the middle of, of number three, so that's we, about the distance. Jody Ridley out of shape off number two. He gathers it back in, and he's on the apron of the racetrack. Jody's back underway. No caution on the speedway as Ridley keeps it in a straight line. Leader heads back to turn two. As good as Jeff Bodine is running, Remember this, that Rutman and Waltrip have hooked up in a two-car draft and almost a three-car draft now with Harry Gant, and still Bodine is pulling away from those three cars. One of the best battles on the racetrack right now. We look back to the battle, Ron Bouchard and Cale Yarborough's Richard Petty, heavy smoke off his car. It was tire smoke as he came off at turn number two. There's been a lot of tire smoke off the Petty cart, both ends of the track. We've heard the NASCAR observers talking about it. They have made the Petty crew aware of it as Jody Ridley comes in to put left side tires on the Cumberland Mills car for the second time today, and that will certainly drop him from contention. And indeed, the tire smoke builds as Petty comes off the fourth corner to move past Dick Brooks. There is a, quite a bit of smoke off that car. It subsides, though, once he hits the straightaway. I think it is tire smoke. The car really hangs out about 10 or 12 degrees. He's in front of Eli Gold. He does. Now, Barney, the smoke again persists, and we've seen more tire smoke, I think, today coming off this corner than we have at any other racetrack that I can remember in a long, long time. So uh, this car is really letting the rear ends hang out and using every inch of real estate available to them. 
Bodine is coming by us now. He's gone by Lake Speed and closes in on Dick May and Tommy Gale. And as he's down near the entrance to turn three, just coming off turn two, our Rutman Wolf Trippen Gant. That Nick. is a tradition here at the uh, Darlington Racetrack to see, particularly off turns two and off turns four. One thing that the turns sort of tighten up as they come off of there and they build up a lot of momentum and the cars actually do break loose. And when they do that, of course, it's going to cause that friction, heat those tires up and cause that smoke that we see. And we'll see it all day long on both of those turns. There are 14 cars on the lead lap at Darlington. Bodine's the leader, Rutman is second, Waltrip is third, and Harry Gant is fourth. Fifth is Mark Martin in the sixth spot. Now is Bobby Allison. Seventh is Ron Bouchard. Riding at eighth is Cale Yarborough. Uh, back in the ninth spot is Richard Petty. In tenth is Ricky Rudd. Eleventh is David Pearson. Twelfth is Neil Bonnet. Thirteenth to Dale Earnhardt. And fourteenth is D.K. Ulrich. One lap off the pace, Kyle Petty is fifteenth. Ahead of Bobby Walwack, Dick Brooks, and Travis Tiller. Then Sterling Marlin, Jimmy Means. Lake Speed is 21st, two laps down. Then Cecil Gordon, Ronnie Hopkins, Dick May. Buddy Arrington is 25th. Then Tommy Gale and the Slick Johnson Automobile and J.D. McDuffie. Well, they've put 67 laps on the board. That means there's 300 laps to go here at Darlington. A lot of good racing left right now. Jeff Bodine has really taken off and set sail from the rest of the field. Bodine is the leader, still hanging on to that number two spot and a good run here. And surprisingly, how well he adapted this racetrack, Joe Rutman. Waltrip hangs on to the third spot. And then I guess every driver from Cale to Pearson to Petty, the guys that have been coming here for 8, 10, 15, and 20 years. You don't see them really take off unless their car is absolutely superior. They're willing to ride fourth, fifth, eighth, whatever it takes. Just stay on that lead lap. Yes, they are, Barney. We might be seeing some of them do that right now. However, they don't like to see someone get as far away as Jeff Bodine is right now, but his car just is working so perfectly. Here's Pearson down pit road in the Chattanooga shoe car. They go to the right side. This will be a scheduled pit stop. We thought they might go another five to ten laps, but we'll see most of them coming in here before too long as his crew goes to work on the right side changing the right side tires and of course filling it up with the Union 76 gasoline. Others should be coming in here before too long. Pearson is down, now and away. Pearson will be one of the first of the cars on the lead lap to make a pit stop here this afternoon. David has his son, Ricky, as the crew chief on that car. They've been doing some super good pit stops, not only at Daytona and Atlanta, but they're really getting their homework done. He feels like they can get him in and out of the pits just about as quick as anybody. Good and that battle, was a good stop. Good battle between Petty and Bouchard on turn two. Kale Yarbrough goes by inside Ron Bouchard down the back straightaway. Petty through the same open doors. He moves in front of Ron Bouchard, and he now tries to trace down the Hardy Chevrolet. Richard Petty just holding on to his position right now, keeping everybody inside. And as Ned said a moment ago, most of the top drivers who have been here for years just willing to stay on that lead lap and make their move a little later. That pass by Kale Yarbrough underneath Ron Bouchard will move him up to seventh, and Richard Petty up to eighth. It'll kick Bouchard back to ninth. Bodine's the leader. Rutman's in second. Waltrip is third. Harry Gant has the fourth spot. Mark Martin having a good day today, running fifth. Bobby Allison is sixth. We've completed 73 laps. Darrell Waltrip is on pit road right now in the Pepsi Challenger. They look to be changing all four tires on his car, so they will make a four-tire change. Here comes Joe Rutman, who had been the second-place car, right up in front of Ned. Schedule pit stop for all of them now, Barney. A little surprised that they take on all four tires. Waltrip is down now and away, but a lengthy pit stop. They're changing the right side on uh, the Levi Garrett car of Joe Rutman, and I believe that's all that. No, they're going to come around and change all four tires on it, too. So that's a little unusual. Normally, the left side tires don't take the beating that the right side tires do on any racetrack, but here at Darlington, here's the leader coming into the pits. 
Jeff Bodine in the Gatorade Pontiac, car number 88, as Ruckman is still in. We have the clocks on him. He was in for 28 and one-tenth second. As they go to work on the right side, the crew members are looking at the left side of Bodine's car, but apparently they're not going to change that, so that'll put him even farther ahead with most of those other drivers making right side tire changes. But the way that car is working, Barney, or I should say all four tires on some of those others, the way this car is working, he could perhaps could get by with only making right side change. Bodine's car has been one of the best working cars on the speedway. Haven't seen that much smoke off his tires, and I guess, Ned, if the cars are sticking as well as they appear to be from here in the tower, that also could account for a little extra tire wear. Goodyear has developed a new tire for the Darlington track this time that the drivers have been real happy with. They contributed some of the record speeds here to the development of that new tire that they've been using. Pit stops continue. Here's Earnhardt on pit road as pit stops are the order of the day. Just about everybody will have to come in in the next eight or nine laps. Ron Bouchard is in up in front of Ned. And Mark Martin is in just behind Ron Bouchard. They're changing the right side tires on his car. We have the watch on him. A little bit of a lengthy stop as they let the right side down. It was 19 seconds flat as they go to work on the right side on Ron Bouchard's car also. So it's interesting that some drivers are changing all four and others just changing the right side. Richard Petty scheduled to come in. Here's Bobby Allison coming down pit road for his uh, stop. And here's Petty following him right down this road, so we'll see what they do. Petty's crew ready to go to work. Allison's crew already jacking up the right side on his car. And on Petty's car, they're going to the left side. They're not even attempting to go to the right side. So that's a different piece of strategy here. So apparently those left side tires are working so good here, sticking so tight that they're wearing. As Bobby Allison is away in just a little over 14 seconds, so a good pit stop for him. So we'll see what this piece of strategy does for Richard Petty as he goes out in the STP Texas Jeans car. Ahead of, of the leaders, Cale Yarborough, Ricky Rudd, Bobby Allison, and Jeff Bodine took on right side tires only. As you mentioned, Walter Rudd, some of the other cars took on all four. They're posting Neil Bonnet right now as a leader. He has yet to make an appearance on pit road. I said that Earnhardt was in a moment ago. That was the Mark Martin car. Earnhardt also has not pitted. Neither has Bill Elliott. We have Ron Bouchard in the wall in turn two. Ron Bouchard was running along. The car squirreled and went up into the wall. He rides the wall until the exit of turn number two. And now will stay under under power, out of everybody's way, and Ron Bouchard with a wild ride between one and two. Ron Bouchard gets himself a Darlington Stripe over in turns one and two, and he had been running very strong here this afternoon. That team also is beginning to get a little bit stronger. Jack Beebe and the guys are beginning to put together one heck of a racing operation for their driver. Well, Ron uh, told me yesterday they've added a new man in the engine shop. Uh, down there in Charlotte where they've relocated the racing team and he's looking for some good finish as the season goes on. The car is not badly damaged. It comes by us to take the caution flag. Has the sheet metal wrinkled on the right side and once things get slowed down, he and the David F. crew will go back to work on it on pit road. Well, Mike, the caution is not out. They continue to run at full speed as uh, the NASCAR officials looked over the track and apparently they saw nothing there, so they are continuing to run under the green. Good battle going on between Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt as they swap to position or two, and Harry Gant gets right in the thick of it in front of Eli Gold. And Gant moves inside of Earnhardt, coming off turn number two to grab a position. Earnhardt now has to battle with David Pearson. Those four cars run under a blanket. Now Petty starts to move away as he gets around the Uno car and separates about four car length from he and Harry Gant, Dale Earnhardt, and David Pearson. Here is Neil Bonnet. He has trouble getting onto pit road as he almost gets a piece of Ron Bouchard, who was making a pit stop at the same time. Let's go down and Ed. 
this would be a schedule pit stop for Neil Bonney. We thought he might be able to run a few laps longer, and if the fans are wondering why Earnhardt and Bill Elliott are still able to run a little longer than some of the others, remember, they were involved in that first lap fracas. Of course, they filled their cars up with gasoline. They're making a major chassis adjustment on Neil Bonnet's car as they changed the right side tires on it, but those cars uh, have uh, eight or ten laps more in the fuel tank. Bonnet chokes his car as he heads out now. He's on the way, but he took 18 and 16 seconds in the fifth. Now here's Ron Bouchard. He's in as they go to work on the right side. David F. is the crew chief on that car and others working on the right front of the car. Apparently too much damage there for him to keep going. Earnhardt should be coming in before too long. So should uh, Bill Elliott. David Pearson made a nice move to go around Dale Earnhardt underneath Earnhardt entering turn number one to pick up a spot. David Pearson should have put himself back on the lead lap. Pearson was in a moment ago, and I think he lost a lap on pit road. Right now, we're working the 82nd lap, and just about all the front runners have been in. Here is Earnhardt coming off the fourth corner this time, and will come down and pit in front of Jerry Punch. Let's go to the garage. Well, Dale Earnhardt brings the Wrangler Thunderbird down pit road. Bud Moore and the crew are waiting for Earnhardt. We'll put the clocks on them. They're going, Bud Moore is going inside the car to Jackson Wade in the left rear of the car. The Wrangler crew changing the right side tires. They have it up on the jacks, and they had the tires off, putting them back on. Earnhardt signaling to Bud Moore. Bud Moore really jacking away to the left rear of that car, and they still are. Now Bud Moore looking underneath the left rear of the car where he was jacking away. He's down on the way in 19.9 seconds. This should move right now as Bill Elliott also pits his mailing oil pumps car on the pit road. Here comes Earnhardt back out as both the Fords get onto the speedway about the same time. Ron Bouchard coming back onto the speedway, and Mike, it looks like he's got a pretty healthy piece of damage on that right front, but he is going to try and continue. The car's taxicab yellow, Barney, and it looks like it's been a veteran of the New York taxicab wars. There is the whole right side is pretty well crinkled up. Kyle Petty is on pit road. And Earnhardt. He has some trouble, some extra trouble, Mike Joy. This is the second time he's been in in the last three laps, and they aren't doing too much on that. Uh, Mike Beam, the crew chief, leaning down, talking to Kyle. They're not doing any work on the car right now, so there's something more than just a normal pit stop going on here with Kyle Pettit in the 7-Eleven car. He came down pit road very slow, like he was coasting down uh, the pit road. Earnhardt was the leader when he made his pit stop, and now that honor will go back to Jeff Bodine. Let's go to the garage and Ed Jarrett. Ron Bouchard is behind pit wall right now. They're working on both sides of the car. Ron, what happened over there? I don't know if we cut a tire down the water. Went in the corner and got loose and I went up and hit the wall and the front end. Are they going to be able to get you back in? Yeah, they're trying. They're going to try to fix the ball joints in the right front and get us back up there. Okay, Ron is being in the car, buckled up and ready to go as soon as they can get it repaired. Tough break for Ronnie Bouchard. You heard him say he didn't know what happened. It's so easy to get in that wall over in turn number two. The car can just scoot over a little bit or lose traction for a second, or you can have a tire going down, and you won't know it until you're right in the middle of the corner, and bang, you get a piece of the wall. Also, Kyle Petty's car has been pushed to the garage area. It coasted onto pit road. They were not able to refire it. After taking a look inside, they pushed the 7-Eleven Pontiac back to the garage. 92 laps complete, and Jeff Bodine had led for 50 laps until he made his pit stop. Now he's back in front again trying to wear out the field. He took on only two tires. Bobby Allison is now second. After his quick pit stop, Joe Rutman has picked up the third spot. Mark Martin is fourth. Cale Yarbrough is fifth. Darrell Waltrip's four tire changes dropped him back in the pack somewhat as the cars circulate the Darlington Raceway here. Very narrow racetrack, two lanes of racing groove, and Bodine is free of race traffic for the moment. He comes out of turn four, about to pull up on the Bobby Wawak machine, and then a whole pack of race traffic ahead of that as he crosses the stripe to complete lap number 93 and heads for turn one. Jeff Bodine has himself a car that is staying glued right downstairs on the racetrack. He does have race traffic now. Wawak is ahead of him. 
Ronnie Thomas, who has returned from the back garage area. Cecil Gordon's car as well to get by. Jeff Bodine also is closing in on the Darrell Waltrip, Ricky Rudd machines. They're just ahead of that race traffic Eli Gold was just talking about as Bodine will try to put those front runners down shortly. We can take you back through 11th position. They're indicating that 11 cars are still on the lead lap with Bodine very much in command of this one thus far. Allison rides second. Third position belongs to Joe Rutman. Fourth right now, young Mark Martin. And what a run he's having here this afternoon. Fifth place right now, Cale Yarborough. Sixth is Richard Petty. Seventh is Harry Gant. The eighth spot belongs to Ricky Rudd. Ninth position is David Pearson. And in tenth position, they're indicating Darrell Waltrip. And eleventh would be Neil Bonnet. Those cars are on the lead lap. We're completed 94 of the 367. Barney Hall, I'm in, I've caught up with Kyle Petty, who has parked his 7-Eleven car. Kyle, what went wrong? I don't know if something flew up off a racetrack when they had to wreck or something and, and broke a brake line, but... We ran out of brakes after about 15 or 20 laps into the race, and we come in and checked the reservoir, and it was plumb empty of fluid like it pumped all the fluid out. And then we went back out, we come in, dumped some more fluid in, went back out and cracked the head in the motor, so it just wasn't our day. Well, I tell you, this is no place to be without brakes. No, that's for sure. It gets kind of hairy going in that third turn beside somebody. Okay, Kyle, sorry to see you out of it. Kyle Petty, who is the latest retiree to join Benny Parsons, Terry Labotti, Tim Richmond, Dave Marcus, Buddy Baker, and now Kyle Petty out of it here today. Jeff Bodine, Barney, just wearing out the field as he served notice in Atlanta. He could run off and do that. He led those 50 laps, and now he's been in front again for the last 10 or so since making that pit stop, trying to open up a healthy margin over the Bobby Allison car as Allison comes off turn number four. Bodine flashes across the start-finish stripe and heads for one. While we watch the leaders rowing their way towards turn number one, I'm watching for another car still in the top ten, David Pearson who after the last series of pit stops seems to be having a tougher time getting his car through turns one and two than he was earlier in the race. He was going higher on the racetrack and seemed to be fighting the car the last few times by. He comes by now right between the first and second groove and comes off corner number two trying to chase down the leader. Ricky Rudd getting service from Richard Childress and the crew in the Piedmont Airlines car. Jerry Punch will make his way over there and find out if they have a problem. They're changing the left side tires on Rudd's car. A quick one, they get him back down pit road. Barney, that was a gamble that apparently went wrong. They took on only right side tires on their scheduled pit stop. Apparently the car not working quite the way Ricky wanted it to, so they had to come back and get the left side tires. That'll cost him almost a lap. That's hard distance, hard real estate to make up here at Darlington, South Carolina. The leader continues to be Bodine, hanging on to the number two spot, Bobby Allison. Riding third right now is still Joe Rutman. Those three drivers separated around the racetrack a little bit right now. In fact, the top ten are pretty well strung out all the way around the speedway, and that is unusual for this racetrack. Well, making the pit stops under green, several of the cars came in on the same lap together, went back out, and have hooked up fairly well. But uh, Bodine came in with a group of cars, Barney, that only took, that took on four tires. When he only took on two, he was able to scoot away. He has, indeed, the best working car, at least at this juncture of the race, since they put him under green this afternoon. Bodine has been the class of the field. He's in traffic now, sandwiched between Travis Tiller and Bill Elliott. They come off turn number two, now challenging D.K. Ulrich. They move down into turn number four. One car that's working very strong now after taking on four tires, as Ned Jarrett pointed out, is Darrell Waltrip. He was in danger of going down a lap, but now he's starting to pull away from Bodine. Here's the leader out of the number four corner, brings it down the front straightaway. We haven't seen all that much passing here in the front straightaway this afternoon. Bill Elliott has his car back up to good power. He's the only one that seems to be able to run with the leader right now, which is Jeff Bodine. He isn't losing any ground, Eli, and whatever the problem was, they've got it cured. It was a while. There were a few laps there as we were talking among ourselves during a commercial break when Elliott seemed to have all sorts of problems. 
first he was low on the track, then he was up near the wall. He seems to have gotten it sorted out, and he and Bodine are running virtually identical lines through one and two, staying right down low on the racetrack. Marty Hall, we check with Richard Childers, the car owner on Ricky Rudd's Piedmont Chevrolet. The unscheduled pit stop is in a blistered a left rear tire. That's a tough break for Ricky Rudd. This track is so narrow appearing. I asked Richard Petty, where do you want to try and pass here? <laughs> You bet no place you can pass down the straightaway. Uh, some passing goes on in three and four, and uh, very little goes on in one and two because it's so tough to get in. Uh, what you usually do is you get a man set up coming through three and four, you get up beside of him going down the front stretch, and then when you get down to the corner, you've got to groove on him. You do the same thing off of two. You get him set up, you get up beside of him when you get down to the, to the corner, then you, you're in the groove, and he's got to back off and let you go. And uh, basically that's... Uh, the nature of the racetrack and it, if you got two pretty good running cars or even if you got one that's not running as good as the man behind him the man in front has to work with him because he can take up a lot of the racetrack and really slow the man behind down Jeff Bodine leading Bobby Allison Joe Rutman rides in the third spot Richard Petty is fourth Cale Yarborough was posted in fifth Barnum he looks to be dropping back he's lost a couple of positions right now Richard Petty's moved around him and so has Harry Gant and all is not well on that car at all Marty Hall Cale Yarborough you just mentioned Waddell Wilson is standing on pit road with the 28th side out they have a single tire on the wall as the Hardys crew are waiting for Cale Yarborough here on pit road so an unscheduled stop is going to cost Cale an awful lot of real estate in the Trans South 500 Jerry Punch down a pit road there's some cars that aren't working nearly as well. That's true, Mike Joy. Of course, Kelly Arbor just did again. They blistered left rear tire on the Arbor car. We saw Dale Earnhardt in earlier in the race with the same problem and Ricky Rudd. So three cars pitting for blistered left rear tire. 108 laps complete with Bodine in front. Allison riding in the second position. Third is Joe Rutman. Fourth is Mark Martin. And what a run young Mark Martin is having. Remember last year when the Stacy car came here, the same people who own the car that Mark is in today, and they put Tim Richmond in the car here, and he almost wore the field out, came very close to winning the race here. Now Mark Martin brings it down here, young driver. He's another one who has all the determination in the world. He feels like he has the driver ability to become a superstar like Richard Petty or Cale or some of those guys. He is determined to make it. He's proving it this afternoon. Well, it must have been a tough adjustment, Barney, to come off that Midwestern circuit where he'd win 18 or 20 races a year and was track or he was circuit champion by the time he was 18 years old and come here and pay his dues but he's really running well and out of turn number four he leads Richard Petty as they lap by Dick Brooks Petty cuts to the inside looks like he might have some racing room as they go down to turn number one Martin this time will take the high side around but Dick Brooks will stay down low and keep the nose of his car ahead of Mark Martin Richard Petty watches respectfully now cuts it hard off turn two and tries to challenge and make it three wide on the back stretch Richard Petty finally had to pull out of it just wasn't any room as they squeezed by Dick Brooks and head into turn number three Petty has really been moving ever since he changed tires that last time around he pressures Martin again right at the back door out of turn four and remember he only took on left side tires everybody else changed either the right or all four so that seems to be working for him Barney well let's see if experience right now can overcome youth and enthusiasm here at Darlington as Richard just rides along about a half a car length back on Mark Martin this is the battle for fourth position out of turn number two and down the back chute heading for three Martin continues to hold on now Petty flicks his wrist to the left and swings the STP Pontiac inside but Martin has enough to beat off the challenge. He continues to hold on as he rides high up against the concrete barrier, and Petty comes battling back. Martin rides in the fourth position. Petty is fifth, and again, a bit of tire smoke off the right side of Richard's car as he comes off the corner. Now Harry Gantworth's past Brooks. Gant is the sixth-place car. Well out ahead of the field now, Jeff Bodine with Bobby Allison 
trying to run him down has not been successful as Bodine has been able to just about extend that margin at will running in the third spot Joe Rutman and then the Mark Martin Richard Petty battle that goes on for fourth spot they're up in turn number three as the leader is already heading off toward turn number one over to Eli Gold. Jeff Bodine having his way, and Mike, it's interesting, this racetrack with all the tradition, all its histories, and so being a difficult racetrack, so many younger drivers have really established themselves and have used this racetrack as a springboard. You mentioned Bodine from the late model sportsman race earlier. Bill Elliott drives well here. Terry Labonte has his only win here. Meanwhile, the veteran and rookie still going at it. Mark Martin leaving Petty to turn three. Martin now with just about a car length lead as they again come up on slower traffic. They work up high to the outside up against that red and white concrete barrier. And here comes Petty. He looks to the inside now. Richard comes down to the apron of the track, takes that inside groove, but Mark Martin not about to be intimidated by Richard Petty. He's done a heck of a job of holding you off the last eight or nine laps around. Richard told us... Oh, trouble out of turn four. Slick Johnson has hit the wall and spins. His car comes broadside halfway down the length of the front straightaway, spins around and comes to a stop just shy of the retaining wall on the inside of the front stretch. Johnson had spun back the car up into the wall coming off turn four as it's a single car incident and we are now under the third caution of the afternoon at lap 114 here at Darlington in the Trans South 500. The car is resting against the pit road right in front of Ned Jarrett. He's uh, still in the car. He's okay. We can see him moving around. In fact, he did not hit that inside retaining wall, Mike. As you said, he just eased right up to it crossways. The car is sitting there, but he's uh, motioning to the NASCAR official, Ernie Moore, who is down there with the caution flag, along with Harold Kinder, of course, up on the flag stand. As they get this car slowed down, they'll send a wrecker out to attend to the car number 18 of Slick Johnson. We'll be a few minutes cleaning up debris on the track, for this is the third caution of the day. It comes with Jeff Bodine and the Gatorade Pontiac leading the Levi, or rather the Miller Time Buick of Bobby Allison, the Levi Garrett Buick of Joe Rutman, the J.D. Stacey Buick for Mark Martin, and the STP Pontiac for Richard Petty. Here's Ron Bouchard coming back into the race as the caution flag comes out. They've repaired the right front suspension damage on his automobile. What a traffic jam on pit road as, again, Jeff Bodine, the leader, beats the field off of pit road. Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt just about had a confrontation as they tried to get out of the pits at the same time. Harry Gant would then be the sixth place car right behind Dale Earnhardt as they will line up back behind the safety car and they have to push Richard Petty out of the pit. Looks like Richard has lost the lower gears as he goes out of the pits. Looks like he's in third gear as he reaches for the gear shift down toward turn number four. Jeff Bodine is about to take the green as the field is tightly bunched out of turn number four. Come down to the line, Harold Kinder waves the green, and this time Jeff doesn't get away. Dale Earnhardt is riding right along behind him, but Bobby Allison is a second place car as they move to Eli Gold. And Bobby is slow in getting going, so the front two cars, Bodine and Earnhardt, now begin to snake away just a bit. Allison is down by about 12 to 15 car lanes as the leaders are midway on the back stretch. Faster cars working on the outside, getting by the lap track as they move by Ron Bouchard and Ricky Rudd, and right now Earnhardt. Hart has wedged himself in between the top two cars. Jeff Bodine and Bobby Allison and now Bodine pulling away by 10 car lengths. Jeff Bodine wastes no time in getting away from the rest of the field. Earnhardt latches onto him and hangs on trying to get one of his two laps back. Dale is two laps down in the Wrangler machine. Bobby Allison, the second place car, still in third is Rutman. They're back in turn two. And again between Allison and Rutman, the Bill Elliott car. It's a smooth run for Jeff Bodine as he comes off turn number two. Neil Bonnet nearly or scratches the outside retaining wall. Make that scratches the outside retaining wall as he's back to turn three. But I now continues to lead and continues to pull away over 400 victories in the late model and modified ranks, and he continues to show the way.
He's got a lap car separating him from second place Bobby Allison. That's Earnhardt, who is three laps back. A lot of the quick cars trying to fight their way for the back of the field. Yarbrough did not get a particularly good restart. In fact, he's lost three positions since uh, since the restart, riding up on the high side. He has a look on Neil Bonnet at two. And he's going to go inside of Neil. They're both showing a lap down, and Yarbrough tries to grab that spot towards turn three. Yarbrough gets by on the inside. Darrell Walter through the same hole pulls in front of Neil Bonnet as they work up into the banking, riding very close to the concrete barrier. They exit turn four. First time we've been at Darlington in a long time, but there seems to be different combinations as to the way the cars are working. They are not running that close here this afternoon. Usually you'll see eight or nine cars riding along right nose to tail, but today it's been one car in the lead boat. I nobody's been able to touch him. Then it'll be a second to two and three or four seconds back to the second place car. The field has really been strung out all afternoon. Allison hangs on right now as they head back to the number four corner with Bodine in front, Allison second, Rutman holding out of the third position, young Mark Martin still keeping his car very much in contention, and the fourth place in Richard Petty is fifth. Bobby Allison now as he goes to turn number one moves inside of Dale Earnhardt so he disposes of race traffic and now Allison has a clear shot on Jeff Bodine but Bobby Allison is down by about eight car lanes as they string off turn number two and are single file on the back stretch. The Wiley veteran Allison gave himself a couple of lamps to let the tires come back up to heat and get sticking good again and now he's got his, set, his eyes set right on the back bumper of Jeff Bodine he starts to close in. And again, Jeff Bodine trying to wear him out. Here comes Bobby Allison right underneath Bodine. As they go down to turn one, Allison tries for the lead, can't get it. He's got to tuck back in single file for that turn, but right now Bobby nose to tail on Bodine. First time today, Bodine has had some serious competition. Allison wants the lead on the back stretch. Allison looks to the inside, pulls halfway up to the inside door of Jeff Bodine, but has to pull back, and Bodine continues to hold on. Allison trying to test the strength now of the Gatorade Pontiac. We'll really see what... Bodine and that car is made of right now because he's got one of the best in the business right there really working on it. Allison goes to the inside in turn one. Can he get it? Not this time. Bodine still had a little extra spurt left and he keeps that 88 car ahead of the Bobby Allison 22. Off turn number two. Still single file. Allison right there doesn't look inside this time. The Gatorade Pontiac rockets down the back chute 1,300 feet into turn three. Just barely holding off the Miller time. Buick of Bobby Allison. Just a car length separate those two as they go around Ron Bouchard. Bobby Allison trying to take the lead away from Jeff Bodine. Bodine just as determined that he's not about to do it. Now Allison comes out of the throttle, goes back a couple of car lengths. And we asked Bobby yesterday, so many of the young drivers really run hard. Well, I think that exists, Barney. But on, on the other hand, all these guys know that they have got to do their best. And their best uh, means going as hard as they can right from the beginning. Uh, so it's a tough situation. They know they need to watch the racetrack. They know that the experience says that uh, uh, conservatism sometimes is better here than, uh, than uh, all-out racing. But there have been a few times when all-out racing has been what's uh, come up with the winning here. So uh, they're in a tight spot, and uh, I don't envy them a bit the idea that they feel that they have to run wide open right from the green. Uh, it makes it better for the fans. So uh, it continues to make the overall picture better for all of us. The competition is what has brought the, the fans, the, uh, the TV broadcast, you know, and uh, also the demand from the Here TV audience. Here is Bobby Allison coming out of the fourth corner, and he goes after one of those young, hard-charging drivers, and he gets him out of the turn. Bobby Allison is the leader of the Trans-South 500. 
quite a battle going on back there between Dale Earnhardt, Mark Martin, Bill Elliott, and Harry Gant. A moment ago, Mark Martin tried to take a position away from Dale Earnhardt, trying to scoot underneath him, coming down the front straightaway. They got a couple wide going into the corner, and young Mark Martin almost had the car get out of shape. He's going to try Earnhardt on the outside as they head back for turn one. And Martin's going to keep it there, going to the high side of turn one. He's running out of real estate. He has to back off. Earnhardt hangs on to the position. Martin tucks back in off number two corner, ahead of Bill Elliott and Harry Gant. Richard Petty, Pearson, and Yarborough are closing. Gant running a very strong race now, pulls up behind the Thunderbird of Bill Elliott. Five cars now running up on slower traffic. Earnhardt, who's down a lap, still holding off Mark Martin. Bobby Allison is the leader, and now he is pulled away from Jeff Bodine by almost a full second and a half. Bodine rides in the number two position, indicating that right now Joe Rutman falls back to third. Martin would be fourth, fifth Richard Petty, sixth Harry Gant, seventh is Darrell Waltrip. The eighth spot still belongs to David Pearson, and eight cars are still on the lead lap. One lap off the pace back in ninth position is Bill Elliott. Then in tenth spot is Neil Bonnet. Turn three. It is Mark Martin going around Dale Earnhardt, and Barney, he did it the hard way on the outside. Hard to believe. Well, you don't do much passing here on the outside because if a guy is willing to squeeze you a little bit, you've really got some problems, but he didn't back out of the throttle, as we said a moment ago, when Mark and Richard Petty were getting at it. He just refused to be intimidated. He's right back in the thick of things again, and it gets him a position on the racetrack. He's in front of Eli Gold. So Mark Martin now pulling away. He's got the buffer car of Bill Elliott between himself and Earnhardt. Now Earnhardt to the inside. Harry Gant is trying to pull to the outside of him in turn three. Gant looking for some running room, gets in front of Dale Earnhardt. He did it the hard way, just as Mark Martin did, by going around on the outside. And now just the lap car of Bill Elliott separate him from the Martin automobile. Out of four and back to the start-finish line. Earnhardt to the inside again. Here comes Richard Petty. And Earnhardt, Barney, is off the pace a bit. That'll be the fourth car to pass him in three laps. Earnhardt takes it back into turn number one in front of Eli Gold. And Eli, he seems to be handling pretty well through this end of the track. He is indeed, Barney. He's not had many problems at all. He's tucked in and around Richard Petty, and he's been able to handle any challenges on this end of the speedway. As they move down into turn number three, he wobbles just a little bit on the entrance, but then comes on very strong as he gets back on the pedal very hard, rising up towards the barrier and heading for the front shoe. Well, he realizes that he's a couple of three laps down. He was hoping that he might be able to get up there and gain one of those laps back. He saw he couldn't do it, so now those that are racing for position, he's moving down out of their way. He's a couple of laps behind Ned, and he's being posted in 12th position for Dale Earnhardt in the Wrangler Jeans machine. We gave you the eight cars on the lead lap. Bill Elliott is in ninth. He's one lap off the pace. Neil Bonnet is one lap back. Cale Yarborough, that unscheduled pit stop, put him a lap down. He's 11th. 12th is Earnhardt. 13th is Lake Speed. And 14th is Ricky Rudd. Those cars are two laps down. Bobby Allison continues to lead the Trans-South 500 and by a very healthy margin. He has about a four-second advantage over Jeff Bodine himself right now. Earlier this afternoon when Bodine was wearing the field out, that was about his biggest lead, was about four seconds. 144 laps are in the record book here at Darlington this afternoon. Just a magnificent day. There is not a cloud in the sky. You couldn't have better racing weather than we have here this afternoon. And I think when the figures will be announced a little bit later today, this is going to be the largest crowd that has ever seen a spring race here at Darlington, South Carolina, because the back grandstand is almost jammed to about 95% capacity. The front stretch is also packed. The infield is jammed, despite the fact that we had two days of rain, and the fans are seeing one heck of a show with Bobby Allison trying to wear out the field right now. Seems like that's the kind of race here at Darlington. Ned, one driver will get out there and look like he's going to be long gone, just like Bodine was a moment ago. Somebody else will take it away from him, then he'll lead for 
oh, maybe a couple of pit stops. Then they'll go in, make a stop, and come back out, and somebody else will do it a while. Several things can happen to cause that, Barney. One, of course, is uh, during this last caution period, they've made some chassis weight adjustments on the car of Allison, which is letting him run faster now than he did before. They didn't make a change on Jeff's car because he was running so well. He didn't need anything. He was wearing out the field before then. And then another thing that can happen is when they put on a new set of tires, sometimes those tires are not as evenly matched as uh, the tires that they had on, and that can affect the handling characteristics of the car. That is probably what's going on with Bodine right now, although he's still running strong, but he is not in a superior position like he was before. Here is Allison across the line as they head back into the number one corner. And that interval has really dwindled, Barney. It had been a comfortable edge for Allison. Let's call it now a car length and a half over Bodine. And then right behind Bodine, nose to tail, is Joe Rutman, single file on the back stretch. For a while, it was a one-car race, but now it has turned again into a three-car battle as Jeff Bodine and Joe Rutman would like a piece of the lead as Rutman looks to the inside of Jeff Bodine up in turn number three. Didn't like it, pulls in behind. Field out of the number four corner, back in this long front straightaway. And as this, as you sit here in the tower and look down at the racetrack, it looks like a runway that they could run six and eight deep. But as Mike Joy pointed out when we first came on the air, there's really just a couple of lanes that they do their racing in in that front stretch to make all their passing moves. Because if you get tucked out there, two, three, and four wide deep going into that corner, the track flattens out as you hit the turn. If you're not up in the banking, it's adios, and you're going into the wall. Right now, Allison again looks back in the mirror, and Jeff Bodine is there. Two three car lengths back at the most as they come back to the trioval part of the speedway and head back to turn number one. Here's Bodine closing it up a little bit. Rutman hanging on to the third spot, but right now it's Allison. He's just not about to let him get around. Marty, we haven't talked too much about the Winston Cup point standings today, but we've got our fourth different leader of the year going into today's Trans-South 500 as the point standings have seen their, their usual early season shakeup. Neil Bonnet is at the top of the point parade, and he had never led the Winston Cup standings until today, hopeful of a good finish and hanging on to that point lead. Well, he's Here's Allison coming on to pit road. The report on the on the uh, pit radio is that they're leaking a little power steering fluid. Barney going to try to repair that. So this, I guess, would definitely be unscheduled coming in at this point. I don't know what he would gain, if anything, by pitting now uh, and going back out as far as getting out of sequence. Well, unless it is a problem that uh, he had no choice but to come in, and apparently that's the case because they raised the hood on that Chevrolet, and uh, this is definitely going to cost Bobby Allison. I suspect the situation was getting to where it was becoming unbearable, especially if it was a power steering problem, because when those things go uh, rare, as we saw Richard Petty do over at Bristol last year, he had no choice but to park it. Now they put the hood back down on the car. They're sending Bobby back out. They didn't change tires. They did fill it up with gasoline, but a cost stop for Bobby Allison. Apparently it is the power steering, and he goes a lap down as the leaders sweep by, so Bobby Allison has his hands full. At 160 laps, Bodine the leader, Joe Rutman in second, Gant was riding third, Mark Martin in the fourth spot, and Richard Petty fifth. Sixth to David Pearson, seventh to Darrell Waltrip. They are all on the lead lap. One lap down in eighth is Bill Elliott, running in ninth, Cale Yarborough, and in the tenth spot is Neil Bonnet. Two laps off the pace, Ricky Rudd is 11th, Lake Speed is 12th, and 13th is the Dale Earnhardt automobile as Bobby Allison completes that power steering pump change and goes back out onto the racetrack. Three laps down, 14th is Dick Brooks. 15th, five laps off the pace is Sterling Marlin. 16th is D.K. Ulrich. He's six laps down. 17th is Morgan, or rather Jody Ridley. 18th is Jimmy Means. 19th is Tommy Gale. Seven laps back is J.D. McDuffie and Bobby Wawak. And nine or more laps behind are the cars of Buddy Arrington, 
Travis Tiller, Cecil Gordon, Dick May, and Ronnie Thomas. Gary Gant is in the pits from the Skull Bandit car. They do go to the left side, changing tires on it. Of course, they fill it up with the Union 76 gasoline while they have him in. Barney, they should have been able to run another 10 to 15 laps before they come in for schedule pit stops. That was a good one for Gant, 13 and a half seconds, and he's back out. It's going to cost him a little bit of distance, so Ned, he did come in a little bit early, and apparently he did have a tire problem on that car. As we said, Harry's had one of his best runs ever here at Darlington this afternoon, but so have a half a dozen other drivers who seem to have had some problems here before at this racetrack are getting around here extremely well. Ricky Rudd has had more than his share of troubles here at the Darlington racetrack, but today he's been right up in the top ten most of the afternoon, although he had an unscheduled stop himself, now showing a couple of laps down, still running real good. Neil Bonnet being posted as a tenth place car, and Bonnet has really had to play catch-up all day long. He's never been at the front of the field, Barney. Every time they've dropped the flag, or especially after that spin and the first lap caution, he's been, had to fight his way from the back of the field, and that's really tough on this racetrack. Harry Gant lost one lap on his pit stop, and Winston Racing Team manager Roger Bear monitoring the headset loop to scoring informs us Bobby Allison is 11 laps down after changing that power steering pump on the Miller Time Buick. 175 laps complete. Jeff Bodine leading Joe Rutman, Richard Petty, Mark Martin, and the Silver Fox David Pearson has climbed onto the leaderboard in the fifth spot. Jeff Bodine almost got tangled up with rookie Sterling Marlin coming into the number one corner. Sterling finally gets the car down to the lower groove and Bodine scoots on by, but it has cost Joe Rutman about six or seven spots or car lengths, I should say, behind the leader, getting jammed up in the traffic going into the number one turn. Here is Lake Speed back in the pits. He's having a good run here today, although he's had more than a couple of pit stops on schedules here this afternoon. As far as getting around the racetrack, Lake is running pretty strong, about as good as I've ever seen him run at this raceway also. He has been running awfully good, Barney, but he lost a lap in that first lap encounter when it, uh, that wreck that involved 10 automobiles. They're changing the left side tires on that Uno car. He has Frog Nitz, an associate sponsor on the car. They get it down the way. Ricky Rudd also was in just a lap or two ago for left side tires on the Piedmont Airlines car. Lake Speed was in for 16 and 8 tenths seconds. Paul Sellington was telling us yesterday they do have a new associate sponsorship on the car along with Uno, the Bullfrog Nitz. And also, he also told us that up in Wilmington, North Carolina, Mike, that he felt they'd run so good here today that he was sponsoring the, the radio broadcast up there for his hometown folks. Station, they're carrying their first broadcast today, and uh, Haas bought the whole broadcast up there in Wilmington on uh, WWQQ. So as we welcome them aboard to MRN, nearly 200 radio stations around the country carrying today's broadcast, over 200 carrying today's broadcast of the Trans-South 500. 180 laps on the book. Uh, 229 records are uh, la stations on the broadcast. Our director of affiliates, John McFullen, proudly informs us as Jeff Bodine and Joe Rutman trying to run off for the pack here. Richard Petty riding in third. Mark Martin has the fourth spot. Petty comfortable in third. Can't see the first two cars. And Mark Martin not within striking distance. Fifth spot right now belongs to David Pearson. And Barney has been a typical Pearson race. You, you didn't even know he was there through about the first 150 laps. And all of a sudden, he's on the board, moving to the front. Well, that is indeed a typical race for David here at Darlington, South Carolina, almost any place for that matter. Darrell Waltrip made the comment yesterday that you never know David's round until the last hundred miles and suddenly he'll surface right up in the front of the pack and just run your wheels off if his equipment is very capable of doing it. They're pretty pleased here. They brought a brand new car to Darlington. It's never been on a racetrack before. He liked the weight and balance sheets on the thing and the way the car was built. Felt like it would perform real well. And Ned, I think he told you yesterday they were, they were surprised why he didn't qualify a little bit better. And they put a wrong gear in the car the first day they were here. 
Here's the second place car on pit road. Joe Rutman swings the Levi Garrett Buick down to the inside and he'll come to a rest right in front of Ned. This would be a scheduled pit stop, Mike. We thought they might be able to go another five to eight laps before they would come in, but they're going to the left side. A little unusual that we would see them changing left side tires. They're also cranking some wedge into that left rear there, and that is they're cranking one of the screw jacks. And boy, that was a good pit stop. 14 and 6 tenths seconds for Joe Rutman to change the weight distribution, gave him some water to drink, cleaned his windshield, and filled it up with gasoline. He gets back on the racetrack without losing a lap net down at turn number one. Bobby Allison right now is flying. He moved past Jeff Bodine, the leader, like Bodine was standing still as Allison gets back one of his 11 laps and heads down the back straightaway. And then it looks like scheduled pit stops coming up. Here's Mark Martin on pit road and the car behind him coming down. It looks like Ricky Rudd. No, check that. David Pearson in the Chattanooga 2 car who had moved in right behind Mark Martin and then they're changing left side tires on Mark Martin's car. And they go to work on the left side on David Pearson's car. So I think the problems that we've seen some drivers having here today with those left side tires blistering a little bit, they are changing those as opposed to the right side. But the left side tires get a good bite here. Mark Martin beat Pearson out. Martin making a good pit stop. Pearson was in for 16 and 500 seconds. Pearson getting back out of the speedway. To give you an idea of just how strong Jeff Bodine is running here in the Trans-South 500 at the Darlington Raceway, Richard Petty a moment ago was about six seconds back, and now Bodine and Petty is probably one of the fastest cars on the racetrack besides the leader. He is now stretched at an even, to an even seven and a half seconds, so Bodine is really never letting up on the throttle here this afternoon. That car is working just about as good as a, a race car can work at his speedway, and one thing that's making it work that good is the smoothness with which he's been getting around his lines through the turns have not varied more than three or four feet all day long. Well, I asked him at Atlanta when he took off from the field and was uh, straight away ahead of the field when the engine blew after just 18 laps. I said, well, do you feel like you punish the car when you run out in front like that? He says, no. He says, I'm just doing what the car feels. I'm going to go as fast as the car will go as long as it feels comfortable. I'm going to lead if I can, but not try not to abuse the car. Back at the Darlington International Raceway in field, trying to chase down Joe Rutman, who's just winding his way around here. And right now, Eli Gold, he isn't having any problem at either end of the speedway. He's not. This is the best Rutman has run all day long. We wondered earlier why he didn't try and challenge Bodine to see exactly what he had under his hood. Well, Rutman must have known what he had, and he was just biding his time. And now the car is working best that it has all afternoon long. Rutman is in command. Riding second, Bodine still in the third position is Harry Ganda, that's Skull Bandit. Mark Martin running a strong fourth. Richard Petty still in fifth position. Sixth is Waltrip. Seventh right now is Pearson. Those seven cars are on the lead lap. It's Kale back in eighth position. One lap off the pace. Two laps down in ninth is Ricky Rudd. Tenth, also a couple of laps behind, is Neil Bonnet. Riding in the eleventh position is Bill Elliott. And twelfth is Dale Earnhardt. Tough day for the Fords, Barney. Of course, all three of the major competitive Fords were involved in that crash down at turn number three on the first lap. Buddy Baker's car is already in the garage area as a result of the damage done. And there are the Fords of Earnhardt and Bill Elliott fighting it out back in 11th and 12th spot. They had high hopes for today, but they're back there as a result of that first lap incident. It's been a Ford racetrack. I think over the years, just doing a little research here this morning, Ford has won 17 of the races at Darlington. Chevrolet is second in that division with 14 wins. Buick has a couple of wins. The Mercury has been pretty strong here, which is considered a Ford product also, with 10 wins. So between the Mercury and the Ford, they picked up 27 of the, of the races that have been won here at Darlington since its inception back in 1950. I think the big surprise, the biggest surprise ever at Darlington was the fact that Bobby Allison took that 
Matador, and everybody, that was the year everybody saying, what's a Matador, and won both races in 1975. That uh, really shocked everybody with that automobile. I think probably, to me, the most impressive statistic about this place is not that David Pearson has won 10 races. That in itself is a tremendous feat when you consider that a fellow like Richard Petty's only won three, Pearson and Yarbrough, the leading winners at this track. But the fact that Pearson has finished in the top five in 60% of all the races he's run on this racetrack, nobody has anywhere near that kind of a record on any racetrack to finish 60% of the races you enter in the first five spots. That's really tremendous. Well, it is when you consider the caliber of racetrack it is. And, Ned, you've won on this racetrack. I think 65 you won here. The racetrack has changed some, but it's like Richard said. It's still, it's still old, tough Darlington, and it's the only one of its kind. Well, it is, and it's quite a tribute to a fellow like David Pearson who has had such a, a record here. But, again, it points up his driving style. I was talking to him a little bit yesterday down in the garage area, and uh, it really is, is brain power more than horsepower on this racetrack. you got to have a car that will run fast, but also you've got to know when to make those moves, how to make them, and uh, stay out of trouble all day long. And that has been the key to his success. And some of these younger drivers are picking up on that. They have read the record books. They've seen the success that David Pearson has had here and uh, they know what he has done, even though sometimes it's awfully hard to, to uh, put the muzzle on yourself and slow down a little bit and, and not take those chances that sometimes you want to take. But uh, they can see that's what it has taken for him to win races over the years, so they've taken heat. Well, it's, a, it's really a good thing in a sense that these young drivers like Tim Richmond and Dale Earnhardt and Neil Bonnet and Bill Elliott and guys like that have come along really don't have the experience that the David Pearsons and the Richard Petties do because I don't think we could stand it here in the tower and the fans couldn't either when you came down to that final lap if everybody kind of conserved their energy and their equipment and stuff and came down to the final 10 laps there'd be 12 and 14 cars coming across the line side by side. Well, what David needs to see right now is the caution flag. Joe Rutman, the leader, has only Dale Earnhardt separating him from Pearson. Pearson is in seventh place. He's the last car on the lead lap and unless he gets going, Barney, in another 10 or so laps, Rutman will be right there knocking on the back door. Another retiree from the race, Mike Ronnie Thomas, has gone back to the rear garage area. Didn't even stop in his pits this time, so it looks to be the afternoon for the Advanced Auto Parts Car 41. Well, the attrition rate has not been that high here at Darlington this afternoon, and it also has not been a typical Darlington race in the fact that we've had only three caution flags. Usually by this point of the race, we're at 225 laps of the 367 that make up the distance. You've usually had at least five or six cautions because this racetrack, as they say, will reach out and get you in trouble. A lot of the young guys come here, get into the wall. We see a, a rash of yellow fever, which usually keeps the field right up there together. But today, the drivers, what real estate they've got, what positions they've been able to pick up on the racetrack, they've kind of had to earn it. They were talking to David Pearson here all weekend about his success at this racetrack, and is there a special way to get around this speedway? A special way, just like any racetrack you go to, there's always a groove that you got to run in to get around by fast. So, uh, but now, you know, it used to be that you set your car up and go through three and four. Then, then one time, the time changed where you had to do it through one and two. So uh, now it seems like it, uh, everybody's got to skip at Darlington. You always set your car up to run. If you can come off the number four real strong, get back on it in three and come through it wide open, uh, you always run good here. So, now I'm sure that's about what everybody's doing. Here is Jody Ridley going behind the wall. He will go out of the race this afternoon. And Ned David made a good point, I guess. You don't see anybody come to Darlington anymore and run that bad. No, you don't. They've learned from people like David Pearson over the years, Barney. And, of course, as technology 
uh, takes over to a great degree in the way that they're able to set the cars up now, the better tires that they're using, and just so many things have helped to the younger drivers who are coming along, but uh, gaining on the, or playing off of the experience of those in the past, I expect is the, the greatest factor in them coming here and running good early. We just had some trouble up here in turn number four. The leader, Joe Rutman, trying to get by Dale Earnhardt. They touched bumpers. Earnhardt got a little bit squirrely, almost headed into the concrete barrier, but he got the handle back on that machine, and Rutman is still tucked in behind him. Those two cars off turn number two now, heading down the back straightaway. Rutman down by about a car length or so to Earnhardt, but again, Rutman is the leader. That, of course, is all good news to Jeff Bodine. Bodine consistently ticking off good laps now, closing in on Rutman, Rutman slowly but very surely. Jody Ridley has just gone to the garage area, and I think he's standing by with Jerry Punch. Jody, a good run today for the Cumberland Mills party. A Buick rather up, but you're out of it. What happened? Well, I think the uh, uh, whole back of one of the headers blew out, uh, and it, you know, all the fumes come right back in the car wasn't any way can run it. But, you know, the whole pipe broke off there. A number of drivers are commenting. The track looks awfully good out there. I can hear you. The track looks awfully good out there. A number of the drivers are commenting how tight the track is. Well, I tell you, I was having my hand for the car pushing off of the corner and it loose getting in, and uh, you know, it just didn't have the chassis right. So we wound up blistering the tire early in uh, a couple of times, so we just had to fight it all day long. Jeff Bodine's caught the margin to Joe Rutman down now to three and a half seconds, Barney, as Rutman continues to have trouble getting by Earnhardt. And as we talked here during commercial, that's been a break for David Pearson. He's been able to open up a little daylight between himself and the leader. He's the last car on the lead lap. Well, it's so hard to pass on this racetrack. As Ned and myself were talking a minute ago, if a guy gets in front of you, if he, if he keeps you kind of out of position all day long, Ned, even though he may have a slower car, he can really, he can really hold you back. He can absolutely use up this racetrack, Barney, and, and keep a Trouble out of turn number four. Harry Gant is out of control, gets the car back in line, almost spun it into the wall. Gant puts it back in a straight line, hauls it on down into turn number one, and then he did a heck of a piece of driving to save that one. It looked like it was going right into the inside retaining wall. Yes, he did, and I expect some of his earlier day uh, dirt track racing and uh, short track racing helped him a great deal there, Barney. So Harry Gant apparently had a tire go awry on the car, nursing it around the speedway. Now he's coming on up into the banking in turn number four. Let's see if he comes on to pit road. No, he's going to stay out there. Gant might have just lost it coming out of that fourth corner because if you get the nose pointed wrong out of that turn, it'll get away from you in a hurry. Here's Harry coming on by, and apparently he's going to stay out there. Joe Rutman has finally got by Dale Earnhardt now, and now he works slower. Traffic Sterling Marlin and Ronnie Bouchard just ahead of him, but finally he's gotten rid of Earnhardt, and now he'll see if we can pull away farther from Bodine. That has allowed Bodine, though, to close the gap. It's now down to 2.7 seconds as Rutman spent all that time lapping by Earnhardt, Bodine is able to move in. Joe Rutman having his one of his best runs ever. He is a tough race driver. He's his own worst critic. Here is Gant on the apron of the track coming out of the fourth corner, and he will go on to pit road. Let's go down to Ned and see what happens on the car. An unscheduled pit stop for Harry Gant, so whatever his problem was, apparently it's caused him to have to come into the pits. Travis Carter, the rest of the crew down there, ready to go to work on the Skull Bandit car, and they're going to work on the left side, so apparently he's had one of those tires blister. He had had one earlier, had to make a pit stop a little bit earlier than some of the others, but had been running good since then as he moved back up into third position. So they fill it up with gasoline and change those left side tires, and he's away in 12 and 9 tenths seconds. Good stop for Harry Gant as the Skull crew with Travis Carter as the crew chief gets him back onto the racetrack in a hurry, but he's going to have to drive his head off this afternoon. He goes a lap down to get back on the lead lap. Joe Rutman out front right now and is not about to be headed off at the past, but Jeff Bodine is coming on little by little 
Rotman told us a few weeks ago just how tough it is to be successful in this sport, and he never dreamed just how hard it was. Well, it's hard, it's hard to explain the difference. Uh, like I've said a million times, I think the thing that amazed me, number one, right off the bat, was how hard the guys run right from right from the go. And, uh, and also, uh, I didn't think it'd be possible to get on a major team when I first moved in here, you know. And... Uh, so that's probably the two biggest things that woke me up more than anything else. Joe Rutman right now having a fine run here at Darlington, trying to hang out of the lead, just watching, and I'm sure his crew, uh, Buddy Parrott on that radio, telling him that Jeff Bonine is coming on. Ned, that two-way radio has changed the whole dimension of racing. You guys didn't have it back in the early 60s when they ran. If you had had it back then, it, it would have been... It, probably you could you, you in your own career could have won a lot of races had you had that communication to find out some things. It would have been nice. It served so many purposes, Barney. Uh, not only does the is the crew able to stay in direct communication with the driver if there's a problem on the car or whatever it might be, but it also saves, serves a safety purpose too because they'll quickly alert the driver if there's a problem somewhere on the racetrack. And back when I was racing, you just had to drive around and see it. And a lot of times you were you were into it before you actually were able to see it. So that uh, has helped tremendously in that respect. So yes, they talk back and forth, although they don't stand there and jabber all day long uh, to each other, but when there's something that needs to be said, they do talk back and forth, and it is a tremendous help to them. It's just another tool to make the sport a little bit safer and kind of refine it a little bit more to the thing it has become in the last few years. 243 laps now to Darlington, South Carolina, the Trans-South 500. Leader, Joe Rutman. Bodine rides second, third position, Mark Martin, fourth Richard Petty, fifth right now is Darrell Waltrip. And 254 laps are in the book. Darrell Waltrip is now being posted on the scoreboard in third spot. Waltrip hasn't really looked, well, he hasn't been to the front as many times as you will see him in some of the races this afternoon, but he's been very strong, just riding along right up there in the top six or eight spots on that lead lap. And he told me the other day they've had a slow start this year, but they can certainly see daylight this weekend. Had no, what I would consider, really major problems. Uh, it may appear that we have. We wrecked at Daytona. That's part of racing. We went to Richmond. We lost the rear end gear there. We shouldn't have done that. I mean, that's not our, we usually don't, that's the first one we've lost since I've been with the team. Uh, we went to Rockingham. The car didn't run that well, but we finished third and I didn't feel that well. So I thought that was okay. We went into Atlanta. We thought we were ready to race there. The car was running good. We qualified relatively good and we didn't run but 40 laps and the engine blew up. We know why. And, you know, that's great satisfaction for us, but it doesn't do us any good. That race is in the book. We feel like we're ready. We've been here. We tested uh, tires for three days. The car drove good, ran good. We were running good times. Darlington's been good to me. I usually win one here every now and then. I'm due. So all the ingredients is there for us to get off, get things straightened up. Well, don't count him out. He's currently being posted in the second spot. Uh, Richard Petty made his pit stop just a moment ago. Let's go to Ned. He did. It was a good pit stop, Barney. Just over 16 seconds. They changed the left side tires this time on the STP Pontiac. They changed the right side the last time around. So Petty should be in good shape now to run for a while. And the Bodine crew is getting ready to bring the Gatorade Pontiac in. That'll complete the leader's rounds of pit stop. Petty went a lap down pitting, but of course that's because the leader, Jeff Bodine, has yet to make his appearance on pit road. Here's Bodine up at turn number four, takes the swing down onto the wide track apron. The apron here at Darlington, five lanes wide, and he comes whistling down pit road where Daryl Bryant and the Gatorade crew will go to work. Let's go back to Ned. They look like, Mike, they're only going to change the right side tires. They only have two tires. I should say the left side tires. They only have two tires up on the wall, so they are changing the left side where Joe Rutman changed all four tires on the Levi Garrett car. 
They're working feverishly on this left side, filling it up with the gasoline, cleaning the windshield, giving them a shot of Gatorade. They've been making, well, the last pit stop was not too good. It's 19 seconds. This one a little better. It's 17. Darrell Waltrip is making his pit stop, and it's a good one. They checked the right side tires, and Ed, they changed only the left sides on that one, put him back onto the track. Yes, they did in 12 seconds, too, Barney. That's going to make a big difference. He's been running, just as we said, consistently all day. Hasn't been up front to challenge for the lead. Only a couple of times he's been right up there in the pack. Then just kind of, I guess, seeing what his car would do. Here's Bill Elliott coming onto pit Trouble road. This would be four. it. Trouble in turn four now as Cal Yarborough drops off the banking immediately heading for the pit area. He had been running very strong, was up on the leaderboard, and he'll have to check into the pits. Here is Cale Yarborough on the apron of the track. As Mark Garrow points out, drops off the pace, and he should have a major problem, probably on the car. Let's go to Jerry Punch. Well, Barney, the Hardys crew were waiting on Cale. They had prepared to bring Cale in. They were standing out here waiting to change the right side tires. They're checking the left side tires on Cale's car. And Yarbrough trying to keep the engine revved up. He's getting a cold drink. They're adding the Union 76 gasoline. A good pit stop on Yarbrough. That's far 19 seconds, and Yarbrough is away. Cale Yarbrough getting off pit road. It has not been his day for the five-time Southern 500 winner here at Darlington. He's had great success at this racetrack, but he has never won one of the spring races here at Darlington. He's kind of like Richard Petty in the fact that he's been coming here since the early 60s, and his career has been very successful except in the spring race. He's led this race. He's been in contention to win it right up to the, with even as little as four laps to go and have something go wrong. And it looks like it is not going to be Cale Yarborough's day this afternoon to win the Trans-South 500. 260 laps are down. Jeff Bonine, who's been at the head of the class a couple of times this afternoon, comes right back up there. And what a race he has driven. What a job that the team has done all day long here, getting him in and off pit road probably a couple of times quicker than anybody else to make his job a little bit easier on the racetrack. And yesterday, Bodine was talking to John McMullen down on pit road, uh, and he gave all the credit for the success of that team really to his crew chief. Right. Uh, if you can't communicate with your crew chief, or he can't communicate with his driver, it's a pretty impossible thing. You've got to be able to tell each other what might be wrong with a car. And of course, Daryl, he helps me he watches me on a racetrack and helps me get around a racetrack because I'm new on most of these tracks and he gets up on his truck and and says we might be running too high in one corner or too low and you know I try to adjust and we get along real well and that's I think really the, the key to why we've done so well in such a short time. Bodine right now enjoys a seven and a half second lead over the second place car, Harry Gant, and that interval has stayed pretty well stationary for the last couple of times around. 268 laps on the board as the leader moves down to back straightaway and over to Mark Garrow. Bodine now high up in turn number four, still looking very strong. He has been running very consistent today. That's the big thing. As you've mentioned before, his his lines and the turns have never varied more than three or four feet, even when Trouble, Richard Petty on. is out of control over in turn number three in front of Mark Garrow. I heard an explosion back there. A tire might have went on Richard Petty's car. There was a loud banging noise, and then he pounded into the wall about midway through turn three, now sliding down onto the apron after making contact very hard one time and then coming off the banking. Nobody else was involved. Everybody else got by okay. Richard Petty's Darlington Jinx continues here this afternoon as he went flying into the number three corner. Something let go on the ST Peak machine, and Richard went sailing up into the wall, tapped it a pretty hard lick, and has now come to rest down on the apron of the track to bring out the fourth caution flag of the day. 88 laps left to go on the board for the field here, Bodine and Harry Gant leading under caution. We're working the fourth caution of the day when Richard Petty hit the wall over in turn number three, and hopefully Jerry Punch might be able to get a word with him in just a moment. Uh, we understand they put Richard's car on one of the trucks, 
Uh, they couldn't even move it with a wrecker up there. They have now put it up on the back of one of the trucks, and we see it coming on around the racetrack. But we understand that Richard is in the garage area, so possibly Jerry can get a word with him and find out what happened. He's on the way in right now, Richard. They said he is okay in coming in on the wrecker, but Richard Petty was not hurt in the accident, although the same cannot be said for the STP Pontiac. Back at the Darlington International Raceway, 277 laps are on the board. 367 will make up the Trans-South 500 here this afternoon. We've been relatively caution-free. We've had four, and we are still under caution from Richard Petty's crash over in the third turn area. We'll repeat again, Richard is all right, but the car cannot say as much for that. He is out for the day as far as completing this race. The first caution came out on lap number one, just as they put him under green going down the backstretch. The Bush Pole winner, Tim Richmond, lost an engine going into the corner, and the field went everywhere, involving Jody Ridley, Bill Elliott, Dale Earnhardt, Slick Johnson, Terry Labonte, Benny Parsons, and Dave Marcus, along with a couple of other drivers. And then on the second caution, it came out on lap 16 when Ronnie Hopkins, the young champion spark plug rookie contender, lost his engine over in turn number four. The third one came out when Slick Johnson spun and hit the wall here in the front stretch coming out of the fourth turn. And the latest caution that we're working right now, of course, Richard Petty over in turn three. I wonder, Barney, if we were ever going to get this race run under green. It took 21 laps, 22 laps, before we got the first three laps run under the green flag after that rash of yellow fever, but as you say, it's been pretty much caution-free. And probably the story of this day has been Jeff Bodine, uh, as he showed at Atlanta, jumping out at the start for 18 laps before succumbing to a blown engine. That car has been at the front of the field. Well, as we say, with almost 100 laps to go, he's already clinched the lap leader award today. The team is just coming together. The chemistry seems to be getting there. Sometimes it comes almost instantly for a race team. Sometimes it takes a season or even longer for it to get it together. But certainly it is coming for Jeff Bodine and that Gatorade team. 278 complete. Let's check in the garage area with Jerry Punch and see if there's any word on Richard Petty. Well, Barney, Richard Petty, of course, came in inside the wrecker with the car on the flatbed truck, and they're unloading the car now. Richard's standing talking to some of the STP people. Uh, said, come over and talk in just a few minutes. He wanted to cool off a minute. So Petty is in the garage area, and repeat again, he is all right, despite taking a pretty hard lick up there. It happened right over in front of Mark Garrow, and Mark, that is a critical place on this racetrack, as you've had a chance to stand over there, I think probably the first time you broadcast here at Darlington for sure, but it'll get your attention to watch the way they work that turn to, to set up to really get the line right. Well, that's for sure, Barney, and of course, I got I got initiated very quick when Tip, Tim Richmond blew his motor on the first lap, and, and everything broke loose over here in turn number three, but it is critical the way they set up into this turn, as Darrell Waltrip had said in an interview, you can't really go in there side by side. If you do, something is going to happen, and so a lot of times today, I think that's the reason why Jeff Bodine is running so well. He has been about the only car that has run con a consistent groove in there. Everybody else has had handling problems of one sort or another, but Bodine's car seems to be going in there on the same line and exiting on the same line all day long. The cleanup activity up there in turns three and four where Petty hit is, is cleaned up. The car is now heading back towards the pit road. Uh, the safety crews have checked the track or any other debris. And you talk about the Darlington stripe. And back when they had guardrails here, well, Richard Petty gave the concrete wall here a Darlington stripe. Now a big, ugly black mark stretched across a couple of panels of the concrete red and white barrier here at Darlington from the crash of Richard Petty's STP Pontiac. Petty will be the first to tell you this is the most demanding racetrack on the circuit mentally. Well, when the race is over, you go down through pit road and uh, you look in the garage here and you see more cars tore up probably at Darlington than any other racetrack. Uh, I'm not saying that some of the other racetracks don't tear up more from time to time, but day in and day out, race in and race out, there's more equipment tore up at Darlington than any racetrack we run. Sure has been today. 280 laps in the book and Ernie Moore gives the signal down at start finish line that in one lap we'll be back to racing. So with five cars showing on the lead lap, uh, Jeff Bodine, Harry Gant in second, 
Darrell Waltrip sitting in third has had a good run today. He hasn't has has not led the race that often, as has been uh, their strategy over the past several races as the field forms up in turn two. Fourth, right now, the Joe Rutman machine. Rutman still looking for his first Winston Cup win. Mark Martin in fifth. So out of that top five of the cars of the lead lap, Waltrip has done his share of winning over the past couple of seasons. Harry Gant has one victory, and the other three drivers as yet winless. Well, really, you said that a moment ago, Jeff Bodine would be the story of this race. I think there'd be two stories, at least at this point, and the other one is young Mark Martin, how strong he has been all afternoon. He's still right up there, currently showing in fifth position. He's been up as close as second to the front of the pack. He's right in the thick of things now as we're getting ready to go back to green. Pontiac safety car comes down off the banking up in turn number four. They have plenty of room to get out of the way because they're going to get at it in a hurry as the laps are winding down. 280 on the board, 367 will make up the distance here at Darlington or with the tire change all the way around on many of the front runners and a full tank of Union 76 gasoline. Look out, because here they come. Down to the line, Harold Kinder waves the green, and Bodine again comes up through that gearbox. He is one of the best on restarts of not losing any ground. He takes them back to turn one in a hurry. Bobby Allison tucks in ahead of Harry Gant. Again, Allison is laps down, but he's acting as a buffer right now. Gant going second to the outside. Waltrip is third. Fourth is Rutman. Fifth is Martin. We've got a three wide down the back straightaway as Ricky Rudd looks to the inside of Dale Earnhardt and Joe Rutman pulls in behind them. Bodine now with a car length lead over Bobby Allison who is down, and of course, he is the buffer between Harry Gant, the number two car. It is unbelievable how quick Jeff Bodine gets away from the rest of the field on that restart. Already now, he is pulled away from Gant by eight or nine car lengths. Bobby Allison thought for a moment about trying to get one of his laps back, then tucks back in there in turn two. Let's not forget Darrell Waltrip either. He's third in the running order, fourth on the racetrack. He is one we've not talked much about. He's there within shouting distance on the back stretch. Bodine with a button-down hard streaks into turn number three, going up into the 22-degree banking. Now rides high up near the concrete barrier. Here comes Bobby Allison. Allison on the inside wants a lap back. Bodine lets him go, and perhaps wisely so. That'll still keep Allison nine laps down at least. As Bodine keeps the high side, Allison underneath gets back a lap. But Bodine has his hands full with Harry Gant and Darrell Waltrip. They close in real tight all of a sudden. It's nose to tail, those front three cars. Further back, Mark Martin finding himself a difficult place to tuck in as cars go by him. Jeff Bodine wanted to get back in front of Bobby Allison, looked to the outside, decided better of it. You could throw a blanket over the top three cars now. Bodine, Gannon, Waltrip come firing out of turn four. Out of the corner, Bodine trying to hold off Harry Gant and Rutman as they come down to the line. And Waltrip, here the Bobby Allison, as we said, has picked up one of those laps rides right in front of Jeffrey. And he can't seem to get back around him right now. That's allowed Gant and Waltrip to close right up there in turn two. Joe Rutman, not a factor at this very second. He's some 25 car lanes back behind Darrell Waltrip. Single file, your leaders. Bodine looked to the inside, down at the end of the back straightaway, but Allison had too much. You have to wonder if Bodine made a mistake letting Allison go by, because right now he seems to be quicker, but Gannon and Waltrip are closing in. They are closing in, and in fact they are there as Allison holds off the leaders. He is just as quick as Bodine as they go to turn one. Jeffrey wants the front of the pack back, and he gets it down at turn number one as Allison's caught up high. Here goes Harry Gann underneath trying to shuffle through. And Harry's going to stay on the low side of the racetrack. Allison gives him some... Joe Rutman is blowing, coming yeah. off of turn two. Joe Rutman gets the car out of harm's way. Everybody goes by. There's no fluid that we can see on the racetrack, but a tough break for Joe Rutman. Some great driving by Mark Martin, who is right behind Joe Rutman at the time. He swung to the outside as Rutman did a good job to get to the inside, so Martin keeps his hopes alive. 
David Pearson's Chattanooga Chew car has been black flagged, and he is on pit road, and the hood goes up on that machine. There had been quite a bit of smoke coming out of the car for four or five laps, and Pearson waited until the maximum limit before bringing the car onto pit road. Joe Rutman, we said, lost an engine a moment ago. A lot of smoke out of the car, and apparently whatever it was, Ned, it wasn't an engine. He is still out there, but far off the pace, just limping around. Yes, he is off the pace, Barney, and uh, he's slowed down even more now as he comes down the front straightaway. He did come in, and they raised the hood on the car. He was in for a short period of time, sent him back out, but apparently he dropped a valve or something, and Pearson still smoke coming from his car. He said, shut the engine off now, hood up on the Carolina Tool Chattanooga Chew car, so Pearson who was still in the thick of it. Looks like he's going to be out of it here now. Well, they had an engine problem yesterday. They changed engines here Friday. He went out and got a limited practice yesterday, came in, the engine was overheating, wasn't up to par, and they thought maybe they might have cracked a head in it. And I don't know, yesterday, we talked to him yesterday afternoon about what they found, and they said, well, we've taken care of the problem, but he did have some engine problems yesterday. But right now, it looks like if he does get back in, his shot of winning here at Darlington in the, the spring race, which he's been so successful in has gone right out the window. 292 laps on the board, 367 make up the distance. Bodine is the leader. How strong he's been here today, you would not believe how he's been able to hold everybody back except when he and Bobby Allison got to dueling and Allison took the lead away. And Allison right now, he took picked up a lap a moment ago and he's putting a lot of heat on Jeffrey right now despite the fact that he's at least nine or ten laps behind in front of Eli Gold. But Bodine is still running the same line that he was earlier but Allison still hounding him between Allison and Gant now maybe two car lengths. As they work into turn number three, Allison is still working as the wedge, the buffer between the top two cars of Harry Gant and Jeff Bodine. Bodine now working now on some heavy traffic as he comes off turn four. David Pearson is back on the speedway, but he is not running up to par either. Whatever the problem was, they've got him back out there, but he is not running anywhere near the pace of the leaders here this afternoon. For Darrell Waltrip, he just keeps creeping toward the front also, as does Gant. Gant has had just a super strong run here all day, but right now it looks like it's all Jeff Bonine, still a long, long ways to go. For Darrell Waltrip, coming into the corners, making moves here in those final laps will take your breath. I think some of the best racing I've ever seen in the years I've been doing it was right here at Darlington a few years ago when he and Richard Petty, the last 10 or 12 laps was just unbelievable. I asked Daryl about that yesterday. If you run as close as it looks like going into the corners here. Well, if, if you sit up in the press box down there uh, in the first turn and look back up the racetrack as the cars come around out of the fourth turn, you'd say there's no way two cars could ever come out of there side by side. If you rode around this track in a passenger car, you'd say, man, I don't see how y'all ever race on this racetrack. When that green flag drops, we, I guess we create a miracle because we go out there and we do race side by side through both turns. The only place you got to really be careful running beside somebody is going into turn three. It's darn near impossible. But you can go in there and duck under a man real quick, and then you can run through three and four side by side. So uh, it's a funny racetrack. It's hard to race on. And uh, still we go out and we put on one of the best shows probably that we put on anywhere right here at Darlington. Waltrip is going after that second spot in turn three. Waltrip side by side with Harry Gant. He did what he was just talking about. He snuck underneath. He didn't go in there side by side. He beat Gant to the turn, slid up to the outside, had enough power to hold on. He is the brand new number two car. Waltrip moves up into the number two position. And Ned, I guess you can have running for spots like that, say second, third, and fourth, and run 10 or 12 laps or 30 laps or whatever. And the guy seems content to ride back there. Take your mind off from the guy behind you for a second and bam you'll lose a spot that's for sure and and it as we just have seen it happen it happens so quickly here at darlington and of course another thing that that comes into play that can cause you to lose a lot of time on this racetrack is uh getting behind another uh, car that you're lapping 
especially through turns three and four, you can lose a second or sometimes two seconds on one lap. Our runner has just come back from the Pearson pits, and they say that it's blowing oil out the breather, so they've added oil to it, stopped that breather up, and they got the smoking stopped uh, momentarily at least, and the Ruckman crew said that there was something wrong in the valve train of that car, and that's what we speculated might be wrong with it. Well, it is, a, it is a heartbreaker for Joe Ruttman because he had been running so well here this afternoon. Here is David Pearson back on pit road again as Pearson's problems continue. One of the winningest drivers, the winningest driver here at Darlington, and it will not be his day here this afternoon. As the laps continue to climb, 299 on the board, 300 coming up here in just a moment. The move we saw by Darrell Waltrip going into that third corner just a moment ago, you don't see many drivers go in there side by side without one of them lifting, and I asked Cale Yarborough about that yesterday. You gotta, you gotta have a car that's working good. If you, if your car's not working, there's no way to do it. And of course, you gotta have a foot that'll stay down there too, because uh, uh, anybody here, when they get to that third turn, wants to lift. But uh, if you got confidence in your car and, and confidence in the way that the car's working, uh, it is possible to get in there and get under somebody and, and run uh, two abreast through, through three and four, but uh, very sparingly, not, not every lap. They've pushed David Pearson's Chattanooga Chew car back to the garage area out for the afternoon. Hopefully Jerry Punch will catch up with him and have a word with the Silver Fox. <coughs> Joe Rudman's car continues to circulate the speedway, albeit at about 120 miles an hour. Jeff Bodine's the leader with 65 laps left to run. Darrell Waltrip's now assumed command of the second spot. Harry Gant's third, Mark Martin is fourth, and Ricky Rudd, the Piedmont Airlines flyer, is in the fifth spot. 305 laps in the book at Darlington, South Carolina. Jeff Modine still in the lead. Riding second is Darrell Waltrip. There's about a six-car interval between first and second position right now. Then it's about a little further than that back to Harry Gant, the third-place car. Mark Martin is fourth. Just four cars remain on the lead lap as we get now to the waning lap. 367 make up the distance here this afternoon. And right now it is all Bodine. Nobody's been able to catch much daylight on him once they put him under green for a restart every time he comes up through that gearbox seems to just get away from the field and that's been a big advantage for him all day long it has been an advantage for him but right now that Darrell Waltrip has moved around Harry Gant for second place he's beginning to close in a little bit on Bodine so that's uh, one uh, aggravator that he might not have seen earlier here today Waltrip has run an awfully smart race Joe Ruttman is back in the pits again they've raised the hood they've done some work underneath the, the hood they're trying to get him to go back out but he's out over here for today Let's go to Jerry Punch. Jerry Punch hopefully is trying to get Richard Petty. We understand that Richard is back out in the garage area right now. Marty, we've got Richard. Uh, Richard, first of all, uh, sorry to see you out over here this afternoon. You want to know what happened? Yeah, what happened over at turn three? Okay, I couldn't hear you. Uh, blew a right rear tire, and when we did, we blew, blew the uh, outside tire and the inside tire. Blew an inner line, and I don't know, uh, probably run over something or something because we hadn't been having any tire trouble. And, you know, naturally when it blew, it backed it right up in the wall, and my day's over with. Well, let's set the set the record straight for the fans. You are okay, though. Oh, yeah. It didn't hurt me. It hurt my feelings a whole lot, but it tore the car up pretty bad. Richard, in spite of what happened, you have to be awfully pleased with the way the car was running. The STP Pontiac was in contention all afternoon. Yeah, we finally got the car hung up, uh, hooked up pretty good there. The, right before we made our pit stop, we was out running there by like 25 or 3100 because we'd made some adjustments to the car, and then finally got it, you know, working pretty good. But, you know, that don't mean it a whole lot because we're sitting here watching. They still run. Well, sorry to see you out of it, Richard. We'll be back. Jerry, does he have a headset on? Yes, he does, Barney. Richard, this is Barney up in the tower. Can you believe your luck here at this racetrack over the years? We're just sitting here <laughs> talking this afternoon that 
in a career of 196 wins. You've only won three races at Darlington. You don't ever run that bad here, but something just seems to happen. Okay, things that happened today is the reason that we haven't won, you know, eight or ten races here like we have most other racetracks. And like I said, we always run good. First time I ever come down here in 1958 or 59, I run super good, and I've run good every race we've ever run down here. My luck's been zero. Uh, so, you know, from that standpoint, uh, you know, we just keep coming back. Maybe be our lucky day. The day wasn't our lucky day. Well, it's got to turn around one of these days, and Richard Petty is out of it for the day here at Darlington. 309 laps are on the board. Jeff Bodine right now is the leader. Darrell Waltrip continues to cut that interval down as he is closing in a little bit on Jeff Bodine, heading over to Eli Gold. Let's call it maybe three car lanes, Barney. That's all it is, is Darrell Waltrip is right there knocking on the door, and as they pass us off the number two corner, it's two car lanes now. Waltrip chasing the leader. The crowd on their feet down here in turn number three with their two index fingers up in the air signifying Number 11 is coming as Waltrip is on the charge, looking for the number one spot. He rides high up in turn number three with Bodine on the low side. Barney, I give Darrell a lot of credit for the race that he has run here today. He has not run for the lead except right at the start. He managed to lead the first 11 laps. Most of those were run under caution. He's not battled for the lead. In fact, you'd probably have to say he's run a David Pearson kind of race today. Well, he has driven a very smart race. Of course, Jeff Bodine has driven a smart race, too. But one thing that has contributed to the speed that we're seeing now coming out of that Pepsi Challenger car number 11 is the fact that practically every pit stop they've made, Junior Johnson has been over there cranking the weight distribution on that car. And it seems they must have it pretty well dialed in now. And that's letting him be more competitive. Plus the fact that he wants to get out there and check Bodine out and just see how strong he really is. Well, they really need a win because, as we pointed out earlier today, they got off to a very slow start. They've had problems almost every race. The only really good finish they had was up at Rockingham, North Carolina, a couple of weeks ago. But you heard Darrell say all the problems they'd had. They had found out what caused them, and they thought they had them cured. He felt like the team would turn around here this weekend. And I imagine Jeff Bodine is wondering right now, hey, where did he come from? They're in turn three. Right now, Bodine and Waltrip, you really don't see a separation of puff of smoke out of the inside tire of Waltrip. presenter turn number three. Bodine with a slight advantage of Kyle Lankton. Here comes Waltrip on the inside. Darrell takes a look down on the inside. Is he going to try and get the lead? He is there. Door to door. They hit turn one. And it's Darrell Waltrip with the lead now in the Trans South 500 as he goes underneath Jeff Bodine. Between turns one and two, Bodine watching now in a nose-to-tail situation from second. And off the number two corner, it's single file. Waltrip, the new leader. Bodine once the hunted, now the hunter as he tries to chase down the Darrell Waltrip and the Pepsi Challenger. A car length separate those two as Bodine won't give up. He comes battling back. Four cars on the lead lap as Cale Yarborough makes a pit stop in the Hardy Chevrolet in front of Jerry Punch. Well, Yarborough brings the Chevrolet in. As you said, Mike, Joey, they're going to change the right side tires. The Hardy's crew, the Harry Air crew working on the Yarborough car. A routine pit stop for Yarborough as far as the tire changes are concerned, and they add Union 76 gasoline. It'll put Kale probably two laps down at this juncture, with Waltrip the leader, Bodine in second, Harry Gant in third, and Mark Martin in fourth. Those are only the cars on the lead lap. Fifth is Ricky Rudd. Now, he's been running just behind the leaders. He is one lap off the pace. Kale Yarborough was a lap down. This will probably put him down two laps, along with Bill Elliott, the seventh-place car. Eighth is Earnhardt. He's three laps down. And ninth, four laps off the pace, is Neil Bonnet. Well, just about everybody, there's no, there's no just about it to it. They're everybody that has 
is still out there in contention. We'll have to make one more pit stop here this afternoon, and just when it will come will be anybody's guess. They were in on that last caution flag when Richard Petty hit the wall at lap 271. The pit stops were made between 271 and 275, so, Ned, they'll try, undoubtedly, they'll stretch it just as far as they can and hope to make the stop and under caution if we get another one. Well, certainly, that's what they would like to do, Barney, but they should be. Cale Yarber has already made one, as Jerry Punch pointed out. That's a routine pit stop for him, a little bit earlier than uh, the others, of course, who haven't come in, but we'll see them coming in within the next 10 to 15 laps. They'll have no choice. Darrell Walter, the leader here at Darlington, South Carolina. Jeff Bodine riding second. It's about four and a half seconds back to the third place car of Harry Gant. And young Mark Martin has been reeling in Harry Gant for that third position. He's gaining a little ground on him as they move over to Eli Gold. Right now, Harry Gant trying to hang on. Mark Martin has run quite a race for himself today. It's still a comfortable 20 car length or so advantage for Gant over Martin. We've got to give Mark a whale of credit here today. Uh, Dick Brooks has pulled his car behind the wall, the Junie Dunleavy, Sonny King Ford Honda machine. Uh, NASCAR observers reported a bit of smoke out of the car at turn number two. He's gone to the garage area, and according to my count, Barney, only 22 of the 36 starters are still running here. Well, the attrition rate hasn't really been all that bad. Usually about half the field by this juncture of the race will be sitting in the garage area. Darlington is notorious for having more than its share of blown engines, spins, and crashes, and just mechanical malfunctions in general, because as you heard Bobby Allison say, he rates this as the second toughest racetrack on the circuit. 324 laps are complete, and then if they make those last stops under green, it's going to put a lot of heat on those pit crews. Yes, it will, Barney. We were just trying to get Joe Rutman's attention as he walked, uh, walked by our position. They have pushed that Levi Garrett car into the garage area. We'll have him up here in just a moment. But yes, there's a tremendous amount of pressure and uh, not only the, the cars, but the drivers and everything involved. Well, they should be coming up before too much longer with 325 laps. Mike Joy. Barney, a lot of smoke out of the back of Dale Earnhardt's car, and that, uh, Mark Garrett, as he comes to you, that does not look like tire smoke. No, it doesn't. It looks like it's coming from the rear end of the car. Maybe some engine trouble, but it looks like it's coming back from that rear deck. And for Dale Earnhardt, it's been a very long afternoon. It's been a very long year for Dale Earnhardt and the Wrangler team of Bud Moore. I don't think there's a crew in the business that works any harder than Bud and his boys down in Spartanburg, South Carolina. They've done a lot of developmental work with some of the new pieces that they were supposed to get from Ford, and I think they've been a little bit disappointed there. Ford had promised them some stuff that has not materialized thus far, and Bud is not all that happy with it, and they've been working and just seemed to have had more than their share of things break in the engine. Well, certainly somebody who had more than his share of the problems here today is Joe Rutman from Upland, California. He's out of it here now, ran a tremendous race. Joe, what did put you out? Well, Ned, we're really not sure. It uh, started pumping oil out, and uh, we knew NASCAR wouldn't, uh, wouldn't go for a smoke and everybody up, so we kept trying to stop and check the breathers. We thought maybe they were plugged up, but... Uh, we could never determine wh what the cause was is pumping all the oil out the breathers. So uh, we kept trying to run as much as we could because obviously we're trying to run for the championship. So we were just trying to get in as many laps as we could. Well, I know it's disappointing to be out, but you had to feel good about the way the car was performing. Actually, it's been performing well all year long. Well, we've been really uh, fortunate with, uh, with Buddy Parrott, you know, it sets the car up and uh, Raymond Fox and Bird does the engines and it's got plenty of horsepower. So it, it makes it fun for the driver when you got a good horse under you. Well, you say that with a smile on your face, and I know that smile comes hard when you're standing here watching these cars zip around so near the end of the race. Well, I, you know, I'd like to have been up in there and uh, just to see what we could have done, but uh, it wasn't to be, so we just have to wish uh, the winner the best. Thanks. The best to you the next time around. Thank you. Joe Rutman. Here we've called up with another driver who's uh, also disappointed here today. He's the winningest driver, though, at Darlington, David Pearson. David, uh, sorry to see you out of it. What happened? 
Well, uh, I don't really know, to tell you the truth. Uh, the car was uh, uh, running real strong, and I was feel happy about it, you know, as far as the way the car was handling. And uh, I guess a couple of pit stops back, the transmission must have tore up first or second gear. So all I had was 34th gear, and they kept having to push me out of the pit, so I'd get behind there. And on the restarts, I'd get behind. So, But uh, the car was handling good and running good, and, and it vibrated real bad with the transmission best up, so that could have caused the well, David Pearson out of it here at Darlington. Pearson will be back. He plans to run quite a few races this year. They had 14 originally on their schedule, so the fans will have a chance to see him run a lot of the tracks, and he will, I understand, is going to Talladega in May for the Winston 500. 330 laps are on the board at Darlington as they continue to wind down. 37 laps to go, and when they're going to make those final pit stops, well, we're watching the pit crews down there. They don't see any activity, particularly in the Skull team or the Pepsi Challenger or Jeff Bodine's crew right now. They're just watching what's going on on the racetrack. Got to come before long, though, Barney. 333 laps here at Darlington Raceway are in the record book. Now, next Sunday, North Wilkesboro Speedway will be the site of the Northwestern Bank 400. Saturday, the Darlington Dash Series cars will run there. Also next weekend, the Spring Sizzler at Stafford, Connecticut for the NASCAR Modified Cars. $55,000 at stake in the Spring Sizzler up in New England. Two weeks from today, or two weeks from this weekend, on Saturday, the Modifieds come to Martinsville, Virginia for a 150-lap event. And on Sunday, two weeks from today, the Virginia National Bank 500, where Clay Earls will give away his Pontiac Trans Am pace car. Three weeks from today, it's the Winston 500 at the world's fastest speedway in Talladega. And four weeks from this weekend, Saturday night, the Marty Robbins Memorial 420 at Nashville, Tennessee. Now, some of those ticket offices are open today, and they'll all be open tomorrow to reserve your seats for the next Winston Cup race you plan to attend. At the Darlington International Raceway, 30 laps to go in the Trans-South 500. Here's the situation. Right now, Darrell Waltrip in the Pepsi Challenger leads Jeff Bodine by 1.6 seconds. He leads Harry Gant, who is in the third position, by 4.06 seconds. That's how tight the front three are. There is one more round of pit stops coming up. And as we said a moment ago, they undoubtedly will stretch these to the very limit, hoping to make those stops under caution. But they've about stretched them to the limit, uh, Barney. We see that Jeff Bodine's crew has their tires up on the rail here, ready to bring him in. And one of the crew members has the adjustment screw or the wrench in his hands where they make the chassis adjustment. So apparently that car is not working quite as well as it did earlier here today, and they're going to make an adjustment on it. It'll be interesting to see which side tires they change on these cars during this last pit stop. We've seen it switch back and forth all afternoon, but it seems like the left side tires have been the more dominant ones, so Bodine is fixing to come in here very shortly. Well, it's going to be interesting too, Ned, because a lot of times these pit crews will watch each other to see what they've got up on the wall, whether they plan to change four, and there's a lot of psychology sometimes goes into that. Oh, very definitely. This is the point of the race where they really psych each other out, but as you mentioned earlier, the pressure is really on the pit crews now. They have to make them under the green, which it looks like they will, because they don't have that much more time left, and Bodine Here's the leader, is coming in right now, Jeff Bodine, who is running in second place, is coming down pit road in the Gatorade Pontiac. We'll keep it here for a moment and just see which side they go to work on, and it's the left side. And that doesn't surprise me, really, because those tires have been, in fact, they're not changing tires at all. That does surprise me. They are making a tremendous chassis adjustment, and he's away in 10 and 3 tenths seconds. What a surprise. I would have thought they'd at least change the left side tires. That's going to be a calculated gamble. It might pay off. It might not. You can bet that Darrell Waltrip's Pepsi Challenger team watch that pit stop to see what they did. He'll be coming in momentarily. It's going to be interesting to see if they change tires because Junior Johnson was standing right there watching that one. Well, they yes, they'll have to uh, 
take that into account now. Now, Bodine's car, as we've pointed out several times here this afternoon, he hasn't had any tire problems. They did make that chassis adjustment on the car this time, but as the tires wear down, naturally the car gets a little looser. So instead of changing tires to tighten it up, they decided not to waste that time and just change the chassis of the automobile to get it a little bit tighter because they've been getting good tire wear here this afternoon. Of the teams that have been on pit road, Dale Earnhardt, Mark Martin, each took on left side tires. Ricky Rudd has also made his final pit stop. He's the fifth place car. Your leader's coming off turn number two, and for the record, it's about 25 car lengths. Bodine ahead of Waltrip. That's the way Bodine came off pit road. Bodine down, working on some lap traffic. Sterling Marling just up ahead. Bouchard now the buffer between Waltrip. Waltrip, as Eli mentioned, 25 car lengths behind. See a little discussion going on in Junior Johnson's pits among the crew members in that Pepsi Challenger team. Now Harry Gant has yet to make his stop, and that's Cole Bandit. 343 laps on the board. They're winding down in a hurry right now. 367 make the distance. Arnie, at the gamble on Bodine's crew, I don't see where Junior Johnson could afford to take the time to change tires now. Do you, Ned, and, you know, either hope for a caution? Well, the only say, thing that, that it could, he's, I'll guarantee you that they got a couple of sets of stopwatches on Jeff Bodine right now, just seeing how fast he's circling this racetrack with the used tires on, even after he made that chassis adjustment. So they'll take that into consideration, letting Walter run out there a few laps and seeing how fast he's running now and how fast he might be able to run. They know how fast he can run if they change the tires because they have those records uh, all afternoon. They've been clocking the car, so that's what he'll take into consideration. If they can pick up a quarter of a second a lap or half a second a lap, you look up and see how many laps are remaining on the scoreboard, calculate it out, and figure that, uh, you know, for an extra five seconds, we can change those tires, and he just might do it. It won't surprise me to see him do it. Only 23 laps left to go. Bill Elliott has made his pit stop, and Ned, he did not take on tires either. Well, that is a little surprising, uh, although... Uh, he's running uh, a couple of laps down right now, and that could give him a chance to maybe pick up some distance on some of the other drivers. And I suspect here's Harry Gant coming down pit road right now in the Skull Bandit car. Let's see what he does as he flies down pit road. One crew member going over to look at the tires on the right side, and apparently he's only going to take on gasoline, too as they look at the tires all the way around, clean his windshield, and uh, try to send him there. He goes on his way. Ned, they put about three or four rounds of wedge in the right rear on Harry Gant's car, but again, they, they didn't even look at the tires. They just let him go. Well, it was eight and seven-tenths seconds, so he stopped a little bit quicker than did uh, Jeff Bodine, and as a result, he's going out in front of Bodine, isn't he? Yes, he is. Right now, Bodine right, uh, well, almost a uh, third of the back straightaway behind Harry Gant, and Waltrip now is only about five car lengths down to Bodine. So it's up to Waltrip or Junior Johnson now to see what kind of strategy they're going to use. And uh, Waltrip is slowing down, Ned. We see him dropping off the apron of the track up in turn number four. We'll keep our eye on him. And they're He's not holding tires, Barney. They're, they're not planning to change tires. Well, Ned, I think, uh, I think Bodine has forced everybody's hand. I think that is exactly the situation, Barney. Of course, the set of tires that they've had on here for all of them have been running good here lately as, as Walter pulls down in front of our position. He's pitting at the very far end of the pit road here at the Darlington Raceway. They get their first choice of the pit area because they are the Winston Cup champions. They add a little gasoline to it and clean the windshield and send him on his way. Another good pit stop for Darrell Waltrip and that one's a nine and seven tenths seconds. About a second longer than did Harry Gant take. They didn't make any kind of adjustments on Darrell's car as far as cranking in any wedge or anything else. Well All here comes Harry Gant right down into turn one as Waltrip tries to get back up. Let's see if he can keep the lead. It's not going to be a factor Ned. Waltrip is already passing us off turn number two and Harry Gant is just now passing us off turn number two, so it's a considerable edge for Waltrip. Also for Waltrip right now, there's three lap 
four lap vehicles, make that five between he and Harry Gant right now. Gant will have to negotiate them, but Walter came up to speed quick enough to get out in front of them. Walter brings it out of the fourth corner. He retains the lead with a good quick pit stop by Junior Johnson and the crew, but the key is going to be if somebody's tires give up or can they go the distance and make the car still work on the tires between two pit stops. When you run here at Darlington, two pit stops on a set of tires, Ned, you are definitely gambling. You are absolutely gambling, particularly with the problems that we've seen with some of the drivers having problems here today, but there again, that could have been because of a malfunctioning chassis, just not set upright and putting too much pressure on those left rears that they were blistering earlier. Now, Gant was one of those that had some of those problems, but they have made adjustments on his car, so maybe they've got that problem taken care of. Waltrip and Bodine have not had that problem here today, so they've been getting good tire wear, so maybe it's not as big a gamble as we think it is. One and thing I'd like to mention now is Darrell Waltrip goes into the entrance to turn three. There's a puff of smoke almost every time he goes in there out of the inside front tire, whether it's a brake or a tire, I don't know, but he's been doing it for a while and it hasn't really affected the car. The separation between first and second position right now is 2.9 seconds. That's almost three seconds for Darrell Waltrip, the lead he has on Harry Gant. And with 350 laps on the board, just 17 laps to go, Harry really has his work cut out for him. Barney Dale Earnhardt has dropped low on the racetrack. He's running about 15 miles an hour off of the race pace, still continuing along, but, but definitely it is the end of what's been a very long day for Dale. Well, he'll continue to run the race out and finish the race, but he's definitely off the, off the pace. It is Bodine into the wall in front of Eli Gold. Jeff Bodine comes down on the apron of the racetrack as the car just took off into the banking and kept on going right into the wall. And Jeff Bodine, a tough way to end his afternoon. He comes by us now with a flat right front tire. Whether that precipitated the problem or was caused with the impact of the wall, tough to tell, but Bodine just went right into the turn and never turned, kept on going straight and made pretty good impact, but he's on his way towards the pit area. Something had to break on Jeff Bodine's Gatorade car. He smacked the wall just almost head on. As Eli Gold said, the car never turned. This brings out the caution flag for the fifth time this afternoon, and that everything we're talking about strategy-wise goes right out the window. It certainly does, Barney, and we wonder now if, if maybe it was too much of a gamble as far as those tires were concerned. Maybe it did is that what it looked like happened when he went into the turn that maybe a tire blew? It looked like that or either that or something could have broke on the car because when a car just suddenly makes a right swerve and goes into the wall, you know something has happened on it. And there are only about 16, 17 laps left to run. Here comes the pace car. It's already on to pit road looking for the restart. Waltrip at the head of the field. Harry Gant right with him as they come off of turn four and face the green flag. They head back down to the number one corner. Waltrip trying to put as much daylight between himself and Harry Gant as he can. Mark Martin is now the third place car. He is on the lead lap as they head for turn two. But Mark Martin's also about the eighth car on the speedway right now, caught up in a bit of traffic. Off turn two, Waltrip and Harry Gant, those two right now battling for the lead, nose to tail. They streak down the back straightaway just inches away from the wall and dive to the inside of the 22 degree banking in turn three. Gant trying to reel in the rear deck of the Pepsi Challenger Chevrolet. Three car lengths off the pace. When they come down, 357 flashed on the board. Ten laps to go here in the Trans-South 500. Waltrip in front by just three car lengths. They're back in one. Harry Gant knows what his car can do now. Waltrip has had the opportunity and he's been running awfully strong for the last 100 laps or so. Again off turn number two. Neither driver makes a move as Gant chases down Waltrip. There isn't a person sitting down in their seat right now. They're all standing and yelling, either cheering for Darrell Waltrip or Harry Gant. 
Waltrip continues to stretch it ever so slightly up in the turn four banking. Here's Darrell out of turn number four, back down to the line, clicks off another lap here in that Trans-South 500. Again, no change in the interval between first and second, make it about four car lanes. The way they're running on the racetrack is Waltrip and Gant, then the lapped cars of Elliott and Allison, Ricky Rudd, all lapped, then the third place runner, Mark Martin. So he's picking his way through traffic, but he's got a long way to go. Darrell Waltrip down the back straightaway now as Bobby Allison moves by Bill Elliott. The two leaders work up into the 22-degree banking. Waltrip, now the pace seems to be about the same as Gant. Hasn't lost any ground this time around. Well, it'll be written that Waltrip has driven a David Pearson kind of race here today. He's been cagey and not raced with the leaders. Let the fellas go out and either wear out their equipment or the rest of the field. And then in the last 100 miles, there's Darrell at the front of the field, moving past Jeff Bodine with Bodine having his problems. Waltrip is now extending his margin over Harry Gant as they go to three. Waltrip now, as you mentioned, running very strong, continuing to build on that lead as they rumble and thunder up into the banking once again. Gant comes fighting back. This time he starts to cut some ground up there in turn number four, but Waltrip straightens it out and heads for the line. Darrell Waltrip out of turn four, back to the start-finish stripe, 360 laps on the board, seven to go. If Harry Gant's able to do anything with him, it'll have to come soon. Allison's hounding Gant's bumper from several laps down. And he's going to have to tighten it up pretty well. It's about seven car lengths, maybe eight now, that Gant is trailing Waltrip on the backstretch. Gant has to be frustrated right now because of that caution flag. He had a chance to pull up even uh, right behind Darrell Waltrip. And right now, all he can do is watch as Waltrip continues to creep away. Well, he's got a good drafting partner there that's trying to boost him right on up there to catch Darrell Waltrip. Here he comes back to the line, clicks off another lap. Waltrip still about four car lengths ahead of Harry Gant. There were one. And now Bobby Allison hooked in tightly behind Harry Gant's automobile. So Waltrip, who's running by his lonesome, cutting through that air, has the two cars chasing, but now Allison peels off around Gant. They're side by side as they work down the back straightaway. Allison pulls his foot out of it, allows Gant to lead him up into the banking once again. Gant, that time, being pushed by Allison, seemed to gain some ground. Field out of turn number four. Waltrip trying to hold on here and win this afternoon after driving one of the probably the smartest races he could possibly run. He hasn't overextended himself or his equipment all day long. He's kept himself in the lead lap. Hasn't been any further than about a straightaway behind the leader. Right now, he's trying to put some daylight on Harry Gann, and he stretched it a couple of car lengths. They're back in three. Well, he's, he has certainly stretched it again as Gann is still being worked on by Bobby Allison. Both Gann and Mark Martin have also run very steady and quiet races this afternoon to be where they are. Mark Martin has had a terrific day, as has Waltrip and Jeff Bodine until hitting the wall. Now it looks like they're pushing Bodine's car back for the garage. No, they continue to work on it. Five to go as they go into turn one. Still Darrell Waltrip extending the lead, maybe to 15 car lengths. Waltrip is still low on the racetrack. Gant was going just a bit higher this last time by as he and Allison went a bit higher. Allison again is laps down. Sterling Marlin, the lap car breaking up now, pulls to the inside, let Waltrip go by as they work up into the banking. It's obvious right now it's Waltrip's race to win or lose. Darrell Waltrip has extended that lead over Harry Gant and the Skull Bandit now by about a half a second as he comes down across the line. 364 laps go up on the board as they swift back into turn number one. Boy, it had to be awfully tough for Waltrip to cool his heels most of the afternoon, but it could well pay off here. They sweep by the signboards off the number two corner, and again, Waltrip leading Gant to turn three. Even if Gant was able to pull up to the back deck of Darrell Waltrip, and he's closing in right now, Darrell Waltrip may be the toughest man to pass when it comes down to these last few laps. 
Two laps to go as they come pounding out of turn number four in the yellow and white Pepsi Challenger colors come to the stripe. Face Harold Kendier. Here goes Gant right down to the inside, and Gant takes the lead as they go into turn one. As the Waltrip was standing still, Gant swept underneath him, and now Harry Gant leads the Trans-South 500. Waltrip glued to his rear bumper. Allison right behind Waltrip, and then they'll peel off on the back stretch. As they scream into turn number three, Gant pulling away from Waltrip. Obviously, something had to happen. Waltrip almost slammed into the rear deck of Bobby Allison, and Harry Gant is out front and winging out of turn four. Harry Gant came around Darrell like he was backing up. Something almost has to have happened to Darrell Waltrip's car. White flag for Harry Gant as he zips across the start-finish line. If he can just hang it out there, he's got himself one. Allison and Elliott have both passed Waltrip now as Harry Gant passes us for the last time off the number two corner. The 33 car getting the accolades of the fans. Gant chews up that 1,300 foot back straight away for the final time, driving into turn three, nice and clean, working up into the middle of the speedway, comes slamming off the 22-degree banking, looking for the checkered flag. Here is Harry Gant about to win. The Trans-South 500, he's across the line, checkered flag, and Gant will win it. Finishing second, Darrell Waltrip. Coming home in third position will be Mark Martin. Those three cars will finish on the lead lap unofficially. It'll be Ricky Rudd fourth and Bill Elliott fifth. What a finish here at Darlington. As we said just a moment ago, not 25 laps ago, how fast things change at Darlington. It looked like Darrell was long gone. All of a sudden, bloom, Gant just came sailing by. This crowd is as stunned as almost everyone on pit road was when Harry Gant comes zipping by. It looked like Darrell Waltrip was just going to drive away with another win here at the nation's toughest speedway. And all of a sudden, Gant come from about... 15, um, let's make that about five or six car lengths back, just zip by, and as we said, Jerry Punch will try to track down either Darrell Waltrip or somebody in the crew and find out what indeed did happen to the car. Quickly, we can give you the unofficial top five. Again, it is Gant winning here at Darlington, finishing second, Darrell Waltrip, third to young Mark Martin, a good run, and congratulations to him. Fourth is Ricky Rudd, and fifth, unofficially showing right now, is Bill Elliott. Let's go to Ned Jarrett down up at Road. Well, Mike, we had a little bit of a problem in, uh, in Victory Lane. Apparently, someone had cut our telephone line that we normally hook up to there. And uh, Harry Gant, of course, very happy to win this uh, Trans-South 500. Even though he's, he's hated to see uh, Daryl Waltrip have the trouble that he hit, did have here today. I'm out of breath, as you can tell. We're pretty far from the Victory Lane. But it was just... Uh, he said he had had similar problems and given other people races, so he takes them anyway and get them. Well, in fact, he gave Waltrip one at Martinsville, Virginia, what, a year and a half ago? Yes, it, it hasn't that been way. that long, yes. So yeah. it, it happens this time all in Winston Cup racing, as hard as they run, you never know what's going to happen next. And as Barney Hall was saying earlier in the broadcast, you never know here until that checkered flag falls. Of course, that's the case anywhere you go as far as that part's concerned. But particularly here at Darlington, we've seen so many things happen near the end of a race that uh, takes away what looked like was a sure winner, and then somebody else comes along, but Harry Gant ran himself a tremendous race all day long here. Ned, were you able to talk to anybody who might have a clue as to what happened to Darrell Waltrip's car? We were, have not been able to talk to anyone along that line, uh, Mike, to see, but we, someone did tell us by the grapevine, so to speak, that it was some sort of an engine problem. That's a shame for Waltrip, who seemed to have things in hand, and Harry Gant just streamed by him with a couple of laps to go to win here today. Congratulations again to Harry Gant and that Skull Bandit team. What a job they did here today. Gant the winner, of course, here in the Trans-South 500. Darrell finishing second. Waltrip comes home second. Third position, you can't say enough about young Mark Martin as he comes home third on the lead lap. Finishing in fourth spot, one lap off, young Ricky Rudd. Fifth position going to Bill Elliott. Sixth to Cale Yarborough. Seventh position to Neil Bonnet. Eighth to Bobby Allison. 
Johnson, ninth to Jeff Bodine. What a heartbreaker for him here this afternoon. Finishing in 10th, D.K. Aldrich, 11th position to one of the Champions Park Plug rookie challengers. Good run for Sterling Marlin, second time at this racetrack. Not a bad finish at all. Finishing in 12th position, Jimmy Means. 13th spot goes to Dale Earnhardt. He nursed an ailing car all day long. Had a pretty good finish with that one. Tommy Gale comes home in 14th spot. 15th to Travis Tiller. 16th to Bobby Walwack. 17th to J.D. McDuffie. 18th to Ron Bouchard. 19th to Dick Brooks. 20th to Joe Rutman. 21st to Dick May. 22nd to David Pearson. 23rd to Buddy Arrington. 24th position will go to Ronnie Thomas. 25th, Richard Petty. 26th, Cecil Gordon. 27th spot to Jody Ridley. 28th to Lake Speed. 29th to Slick Johnson. 30th spot to Ronnie Hopkins. 31st, Kyle Petty. 32nd, Dave Marcus. Correct me on that. It will not be Dave Marcus. It will be Buddy Baker finishing 32nd. 33rd will be Dave Marcus. 34th is Benny Parsons. 35th to pole position winner Tim Richmond. And 36th spot to Terry Labonte. Well, according to our unofficial count, it looks like Neil Bonnet will retain the Winston Cup point lead. And again, this is unofficial, but it looks like he'll be just a point or two ahead of Bill Elliott as they move on next week to North Wilkesboro Speedway. Our thanks to Eli Gold to cover the actions in turn one and two. Mark Garrow up in turns three and four. See if we still have Jerry Punch on the line in the garage. He's on his way back upstairs after doing a fine job down at that end of the pit road. Ned Jarrett, who covered the pits for us, and except for that technical problem, would have been in victory lane for Harry Gann. For Barney Hall, this is Mike Joy congratulating Harry Gann on his Trans-South 500 victory. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.